From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour, and this uh, Hurricane Ian is no joke. It's projected to hit Florida tomorrow as a Category 4 hurricane, and it's going to hit inland, which is very unusual. I can't remember the year, but I think Tampa taking a hit like this, for example, hasn't happened since, I think, 1958, something like that. Uh, Cuba is getting very, very um, extreme hurricane force winds, life-threatening storm surge, heavy rainfall. And you can imagine, I mean, the, the way that it looks right now, although I did look, for example, at Orlando, which I'm, of course, very fond of, and there's no evacuation. Uh, Orlando, I'll tell you what, they have, they have it together. You should see this slick... Easy to to just easy on the eyes website that they have on their preparedness. And I noticed that they don't have any evacuations, which made me feel pretty good. But there's a lot of Florida. I mean, for example, uh, Tampa Bay, Tom, get it, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay has a home game this Sunday, but I don't think they're going to have a home game this Sunday. They're going to have to play it somewhere else, and I think they moved. uh, I heard a few hours ago they moved to another part of the state. So they're not practicing right now in uh, Tampa Bay. The Hurricane Center predicted areas of Cuba's western coast may see as much as 14 feet of storm surge. That's overnight last night into early today. The Havana fishermen scurrying, taking their boats out of the water. They have a seaside boardwalk. You have city workers that are working in advance to unclog storm drains and things like that. And then from there, on to Florida by tomorrow. Let me see, uh, while I still can, let me see my trusty uh, Dark Sky app. I can't believe that uh, Apple's going to shut that down at the end of the year. Let's see. All right. Saturday, light rain is in the forecast beginning at 10 p.m., Then there's a 99% chance of rain on Sunday, beginning with the light rain that will start late Saturday. That light rain will continue all the way until, actually, it will be steady rain from 12 midnight until 5 a.m. on Sunday. Then it will be light rain the whole day. 
There's never a part of the day where it's expected not to be raining. 6 a.m. through 10, 11 p.m. Now let me go into Monday. 97% chance of rain. And guess what? The light rain is forecast to continue all the way until 5 p.m. on Monday. Let me get a little bit selfish now. Let's see here. Let me go back. Should have next week. It's ending on Tuesday. I'm surprised. Hold on a second. Let me start again. Oh, they even have now. It says unavailable as of one one twenty three. That's terrible. All right, let's see. How far will it go? Oh, yeah, Dark Sky only goes till Tuesday of next week. Let me go to my other trusty app that I trust. It's trusty, and I trust it. And this goes out for two weeks. I just want to take a peek. We're obviously got a lot of stuff to do Thursday of next week. Ah, looking good. Thursday, 70 for the high. No, no real chance of rain. And then Friday... No chance of rain. Let me see Friday night when our guests, it's a week from this Friday, and the wind isn't bad. About 10 mile an hour out of the west. You know, you have, you have a lot of nice people, have their hair done and stuff like that. You don't want to have people getting demolished. Of course, you can pull into the garages and walk right in or pull right out front and deal with it that way. But... Um, I like it to be nice on the day before, which really we only have to get in the building. Once we're in the building, we don't leave for two days. Uh, so that's that's all going very, very well. By the way, if you happen to be listening and we just have a few tables left that are very, very close to finishing up every single person that's sitting at their table and their meal selections, it would be very helpful if you would email them to me today because we have some uh, awesome printing that has to be done. I did a little homework. I, I, I'm not that curious about these lanternflies, but anytime something gets like a tremendous amount of what I call market saturation level type coverage, I make it my business to look a little bit into it. These lanternflies, which are colorful and... All of that, they're very invasive. And this part of the lanternfly situation isn't being talked about a lot. They're wreaking havoc on United States crops. Now, the lanternfly, I never really heard of the lanternfly until the last couple of years. Of course, they came here from China. China is really messing up the world and lo and behold and what i find interesting they know exactly when and where the lantern flies came into america but we still don't know who leaked the supreme court ruling it, it could be about maybe i think it's like 17 people it could be but we still don't know who leaked that? But we know where lanternflies came from. They came from 
a shipping container filled with rocks that came to Pennsylvania in 2014. That's when the lanternflies came to America. And they're called the Chinese native spotted lanternflies. And they are invading United States cities. And they're, they look harmless, but they're not harmless. They're causing millions and millions of dollars in damage to crops. So this is yet another China invasion. China, you're bad news. When we come back, hmm, more Democrat media polling. And once again, when I share the numbers with you, and they're not good if you're a Democrat, but if you look, if you're a Democrat right now, how could anything that your party has done, particularly at the national level, how could anything be considered good? What a what a abysmal two year record. As bad as it gets. Quick programming note. We're about two minutes away from our Fox News commentary uh, at 17 minutes past the hour with Tommy Laren. We have open forum coming up next hour. Can't wait. 609-407-1450. So jam the phone lines uh, during the seven o'clock hour. Pretty please. And eight o'clock right after the break. We'll be joined by Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. We broke news yesterday. Uh, some of the media are following behind our coverage. It's always funny to see. Uh, and, and finally, I've been saying for the longest time, where is this small mayor that's just busy having parties and hiring friends and family? And there's a running joke that They've run out of friends and family to give jobs to, so now they're giving jobs to ex-wives. I mean, they're a joke. They're an absolute joke. So finally, the small mayor is going to come out today at 1030, I've been told, and speak about the, um, the ballot question. Now, let me make a quick comment. We've got a minute before the break. What I've been told by friends of mine in City Hall is that Marty Small is calling everyone a racist who is supporting and voting to change the government uh, back to nonpartisan, which is a joke. How, how can that possibly be racist? Was he a racist when he endorsed Don Guardian over Frank Gilliam? Was he a racist? This is merely if the citizens want it. It's merely returning the government back to nonpartisan status where the elections will not be about Democrats and Republicans, which is exactly his quote, which I was told drove him absolutely bananas. And he was picking up the phone and calling people. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Let me dispel another Marty Small lie. It's not Senator Vince Palestina. He has nothing to do with it. Absolutely nothing. It's not Don Purdy. He has nothing to do with it. The chairman of the Atlanta County Republican Party. It's a citizens committee. We've documented it from the beginning, from a long time ago. Now, this desperate mayor coming out five, six weeks, whatever it is, before Election Day, he believes it's going to pass. And he knows he needs uh, Michael Suleiman to give him the line. He can't even get the Democrat line from the Atlantic City Democratic Committee. 
and he doesn't want to run in May, which if that's what the voters want, then don't run in May. See you later. But late and wrong, and he is such a dishonest elected official. So dishonest. He called a friend of mine uh, a racist. So if you support this question, I didn't take uh, roll call, but I think most of the people that are on the committee are persons of color. It has nothing to do with race. And always remember, when bad Democrats like Marty Small, when they have no facts, they accuse people of being racist because they think that shuts you down. You would be wrong, Small Mayor. You would be very, very wrong about that. Nobody cares about you calling them racist anymore. That's used, washed up. It has no power. And that's a good thing. Fox News commentary. A San Francisco firefighter wore an epic and true statement on his T-shirt. And of course, the left went berserk. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next. Help the Tunnel to Towers Foundation do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's heroes. Heroes like Misotas Familia, who couldn't wait to join the NYPD to protect her community. She proudly wore her uniform, but was ambushed and shot in the head in the line of duty solely for the uniform she wore. She is survived by three children who received a mortgage-free home from Tunnel to Towers. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. As a civil servant, you can wear pride in BLM paraphernalia, but don't you dare wear a t-shirt criticizing Joe Biden, especially if you work for a liberal city. Over the weekend, a San Francisco firefighter was spotted wearing a Let's Go Brandon shirt while at work fixing a fire hydrant. And of course, the keyboard warriors in the homeless city by the bay had a fit and threw a tantrum. Now the firefighter's department is involved and made a statement condemning the shirt and declaring he violated uniform policy. Concerned citizens of San Francisco want disciplinary action to be taken because apparently rampant crime, theft, homelessness, drugs, use taxes and regulation don't bother them but a shirt criticizing our sleepy president set them over the edge it's weird though the department itself sponsors pride shirts and that advocacy is a political statement that may offend some with traditional values but i guess those people don't matter just triggered green hairs who still love joe brandon i mean biden i'm tommy laren from the world's playground this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Approaching 24 minutes past the hour, this portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part by ambient comfort heating and cooling professionals. With rising energy costs continuing to be one of the top news stories, and they're coming up again uh, last five, six days in a row. I uh, hope it stops, but I don't think it will. We can disagree about the solution, but we can agree to make sensible decisions to keep our home energy costs down. Start by calling my friends at Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling Professionals for their $79 fall heater and furnace tune-up special for new customers. We do it every year. Obviously, you can only be a new customer once, but we do the tune-up every year. If you've never done it with them before, this is a tremendous value because they will come to your home. They will check your system. They will clean your system. They'll make sure it's safe, which is so important. You haven't run, say, unless maybe with the colder weather that did hit a little bit, um, a certain percentage of people did put the heating systems on. Uh, They'll make sure that you're running at maximum efficiency. 
They'll help you prepare to get through the winter. And that's regardless of who originally installed your system. So if your bills were too high last year, regular maintenance, or if it's necessary, they'll tell you. I hope not, but they'll tell you, and they'll work with you, and they have great uh, financing and things to help if you need a new system. Because you know what happens. They say, hey, we can get you through one more season, and you try to get through another season. You get to the point, it happened to us a number of years ago, where you just have to um, do what you have to do. Uh, The systems only last for so long, and then you're at the point of no return. There's no uh, fixing it anymore, and you have to um, to go new. They can help you if it comes to that. Many times, though, they'll be able to fix what you have and tell you exactly where you stand going forward. So if rising energy costs are happening, and pretty safe to say they are, when comfort matters, choose who I choose. Visit ambientcomfortnj.com. That's ambient comfortnj.com or you can call 856-213-6586 that's 856-213-6586 for your 79 dollars fall tune-up tell them that harry hurley sent you wow 26 minutes past the hour flying by i'm not going to go into this um washington post poll just yet because we've got the bottom of the break coming up in a few minutes And I don't want to start and stop and start and have this hiccup, you know, on again, off again, on again, off again, uh, because there's some important data within a survey that once again, once again, it's of unlikely voters. They polled, I'll tell you this much in advance, they polled 1,006 adult respondents, not even voters. Some of them may have been, but they didn't poll voters. They just polled people. Jack Cittarelli, where are you? Who does that? Incidentally, when I interviewed Jack Cittarelli live from our remote boardwalk studio, oh, I tell you, I love that day. It's a long day. We get there at 5 a.m. and we don't leave until about 5 p.m. It's, it's a long day, nonstop. But it's so much fun. So live from the Atlantic City Air Show, I'm interviewing Jack Cittarelli. And I said, basically, because he's not going to declare until he's going to declare. You, you know, you just wait for that. But I said, I, I believe you're going to run again. And if you run again, do you promise? Do you promise to bring back? Who says that? Who does that? And he made an he shook my hand. And he made an absolute pledge a promise. I said to him, I think on air, I know I said it to him off air during one of our breaks, but I'm, I'm, I'm all but positive I said it on air that I don't think he realizes, he does now, how often I use that. I've used that on Fox News Radio nationally. And I give him the collar, of course. Who does that? Who says that? I, I'm telling you, it's it's he needs to keep that theme because it's memorable, it's effective. I think it's fun, and this whole process anymore is such a meat grinder that anytime you can do something that brings a little bit of normal fun, just something that's not crazy, it's a bonus. 
But if you're if you want to find out who's going to win the next election, whether it's as a collective in terms of the generic sampling for the entire country and how the House of Representatives should look at the end of the November 8th election or a head to head race between two people, who would ever survey non-voters, unlikely voters, registered voters? Who does that? Why do you do that? It's I'm telling you, I've been saying this for over three decades and it's getting worse. We must have polling reform in this country because from the push polling, which is illegal, but still being done to the inaccuracy of all these polls. And they're always inaccurate, favoring Democrats, which just proves it can't be. It can't be by accident. It just can't. So it's on purpose. It's 30 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or at WPGTalkRadio.com. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley. After 46 years, a great ninja academy in Ventnor has closed. They closed forever after Sunday's business this past Sunday. And if you've been reading what I've been writing, I've been trying to write this since Sunday. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds has confirmed uh, that two men were shot in Atlantic City. One has died. Uh, One is expected to live. And how about those young children raiding the Philadelphia Wawa? From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Counting down the final days of September, we are in the middle of a little cool down. We're generally going to see pleasant, quiet, dry weather through the rest of the work week here. Today's high temperature, 74. Lots of sunshine with some clouds early and late, a bit breezy at times too. Tonight, mainly clear and cool, low of 50. Partly sunny and 70 tomorrow, increasing clouds in 68 Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Wish you could golf early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. This when you need to know. It's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That would be true. It is 36 minutes past the hour. Wide open forum coming up at 7. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet in a very definitive interview at 8.05. Oh, I forgot to mention in my first... um, uh, promoting of today's schedule, Dr. Mark Newkirk on a special day. He was um, away and we're making up today at 9.05 and then some more open forum and fun after that. This is Harry Hurley. Join United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City. I can't believe it. It's this Thursday and we've really been promoting this uh, widely for the past many weeks. 10 a.m., to 2 p.m., they're having what they call their Fall Flannel Fest. You can enjoy music, live music, hot apple cider, crafters, games, delicious pies, and much more. If you're considering senior living options for yourself or a loved one, I recommend the Shores. Transitioning to the Shores is as easy as move in, unpack, 
and experience the abundant life that the Shores has to offer. The Shores is fully remodeled with private apartments, two beautiful restaurants, and a bistro, an on-site fitness center as well, along with transportation to local shopping. Best of all, it's just three short blocks to the Ocean City Boardwalk and Beach. Don't miss the free community event, Fall Flannel Fest, this Thursday, day after tomorrow. That's September 29th, believe it or not, 10 a.m., to 2 p.m. in the Shores front lot. That's at 2201 Bay Avenue in Ocean City. I'd say it's a beautiful section of town. I love it there. It's just a wonderful area. To learn more about United Methodist Communities at the Shores in Ocean City, call 609-399-8505. That's 609-399-8505. Tell them Harry Hurley sent you. Okay, as promised, here we go. Now, these numbers are terrible for Democrats, but remember, they're polling the people that can give them the best numbers because they're polling ignorant people, unregistered people, people who don't vote. So who would do that? And in any event, a brand new ABC News Washington Post poll And I got to tell you a little story after I give you the numbers about how George Stephanopoulos and Chris Christie, how they're disavowing their own polling to have another storyline that they want to believe. It's it's so bad, I'll tell you. You know, I just wish they would say, hey, this is just my opinion. This isn't news. It's just my opinion. But here we go. 74% of Americans in this poll believe that the United States economy is in rough shape. So every time you hear the Democrat media try to tell you how great Biden is doing and the Democrats understand three out of every four people know the economy sucks. Now, who is that a reflection of? The man in the moon, the asteroid that NASA crashed on? With DART, the uh, the spaceship. Can't wait to find out. They're expecting that maybe it changed that, that asteroid and its path by like 1%, which sounds like nothing, but it's a big deal over time. So the Washington Post-ABC poll said that, and this was back in the spring, 58% had a negative outlook on the economy. Now it's 74%. 84% characterize the U.S. economy as the top issue that they will be voting upon. Inflation at a more than 40-year high. 74% of these respondents ranked inflation as the second biggest concern as they vote ahead of the midterm elections the abc news washington post poll gave republicans significant leads in the core handling of the economy 16 point advantage and inflation a 19 point advantage let me keep going They say that their poll has a margin of error rate 
of 3.5%, but I'm, I'm not even buying that because it's a bogus poll. Now, the numbers, if you're a Republican, the numbers are fantastic in terms of what that should mean electorally. It's terrible for our country. So I, I don't personally ever celebrate these kinds of things. I, I'd prefer that our country be doing well and healthy and, and all of that. Boy, the Fed is um, punishing the American people. And the price of gasoline in America rose for the sixth consecutive day yesterday with an average of three dollars and seventy five three point seven two five. So it's a little more than three seventy per gallon. And what's interesting about that is Biden still keeps saying that the price of gasoline is coming down and it's because of his policies. But it was when it was going up, it was because of Putin. God, I'm so sick of these people. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you something I'm really sick of. I'm really sick of intellectually dishonest people. And I'm going to share with you a conversation that took place this past Sunday with George Stephanopoulos, who was an absolute joke, Chris Christie, and Donna Brazile. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Don't go away. This is... Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Uh, I'm enjoying the, um, the pace of this morning's program. And let me continue this wonderful pace. George Stephanopoulos, who in my estimation is a complete joke. This is a political hack that worked for the Clintons that, as they always get to do, the Democrats get to spin right out of that world and right into network and cable television. And then they go from being some of the most ridiculously partisan people you've ever seen to acting like they're objective presenters. It's it's ridiculous. Just admit it. Look, every day I tell you I'm an opinionated talk show host. We do break news. And I, I tell you when I'm being newsy or when I'm being opinion. But they don't. So get a load of this. They're having this discussion. We'll call it a roundtable discussion. George Stephanopoulos, Chris Christie, and Donna Brazil. And then all of a sudden... Uh, Chris Christie is talking about how Donald Trump is losing. And George Stephanopoulos says, I agree. I agree. He agrees. But then Stephanopoulos says, even though he agrees that Donald Trump is losing, he agrees then with the ABC News Washington Post polling. Now, what is this? He's, he's either winning or he's losing. He can't be doing both. So their poll has uh, President Trump leading Joe Biden 49-45. That's nationwide. That's, that's, um, that's almost impossible for a Republican. Look what you have to overcome. The disproportionate amount of people in California and 
the other liberal states. It's New York. It's very, very tough. Let, let's see if I can find my favorite, my favorite line, though. Okay. This is, this is George Stephanopoulos. And Donna is Donna Brazil. Chris is Chris Christie. Although he says Christie's last name in the quote. In other ones, he doesn't. Quote, you know, Donna, Chris Christie says this is slowly moving away from Donald Trump. And I think I actually agree with him. But the polling right now is not really showing that. It's showing among Republican voters he's holding form. Our poll shows him defeating Joe Biden in 2024, Stephanopoulos said. So follow along. Now, and what, what, look, Chris Christie and I go way back. And probably our only disagreement is uh, that I don't think he should run for president uh, against Donald Trump. But he wants to run. What he should have done was run against Barack Obama, and he would have won. But he didn't do that. And he probably has significant regret. See, you never know. You never know your high watermark. And it was a very, I remember it was, I thought it was a very uh, courageous decision. He said, I'm not ready. You know, you need the national apparatus. And he just didn't feel like he was ready. He would, you're never ready to run for president. It's too big for anyone. No one has ever been ready. You, 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 you know what you do? You run. And if you win, you, you figure it out. And that's what they all do. I think George H.W. Bush was the most prepared president in history because he had been so many things. He had been in the Congress. He had been the director of the CIA. He had been the Republican National Committee chairman. And I'm probably leaving out a few things. And he had been the vice president of the United States for eight years. He was ready. And even then, it's still something that you have to uh to grow into but they they ought to get into well you know chris you're running you know but he's not saying he's running but he is running so he he's saying that 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 this thing is moving away from trump there's absolutely no evidence of that his lead is enormous it's like a 40 point lead over DeSantis. you know you're never going to be a hundred percent if you're running against other people, they're going to get some percentage of the vote. But if you're over 40 some points ahead and you're leading the incumbent president in the general election sampling, then I don't know how you say anything's moving away. But I love this. You know, Donna, Chris Christie says this is slowly moving away from Donald Trump. And I think I actually agree with him. But the polling right now is not really showing that. So they're lying eyes aren't seeing what their lying eyes are seeing. I could go on and on about that. Let me make a brief comment on something that I wanted to talk about yesterday and we simply ran out of time. And I'm going to bring this up to Kirk Conover next hour. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to say about this other than I'm just going to riff and just tell you sort of what I thought when I heard this. The NFL is eliminating the Pro Bowl game. Now, I, I will tell you every year I put it on for like a moment just to see, and then I turn it right off. I don't watch it. So I, I agree it's not a popular game. 
the way they do it, a lot of the players can't play in it because if you're still in the playoffs, it conflicts with that. And so what they're going to do is they're going to replace the NFL Pro Bowl game with something that they're calling the Pro Bowl games, plural. And it will be a number of competitions between the AFC and the NFC. And then it will culminate in a February 5th flag football game at the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're going to do tackle, you know, competitions and things like that uh, and other football and non-football skills. The only thing about it, now if you look at the last Pro Bowl, and it was opposite the Beijing Olympics, to be fair, which, you know, they, they don't even get viewed like they used to, but it was the least watched Pro Bowl game in 16 years. It drew only 6.69 million viewers across all platforms. So that's not good. That's not good at all. But what I'm thinking is when you get selected for the Pro Bowl, that's that's something like that's on your resume. When they consider you for the Hall of Fame, uh, you hear about whoever it is, Terry Bradshaw, you know, four-time Super Bowl champion, whatever he was, 12-time Pro Bowl selections. So they got to come up, I think, with a way, and I haven't heard them address this. If you're not going to have the Pro Bowl, are you still going to pick All-Stars? Or what are you going to do for that whole component that you'll be removing from the player's resume? I think, I think it's a really big deal in that respect only. I don't really care about the game. Maybe some people do. I don't, I don't think it's a good game. Uh, and obviously everybody's looking not to get hurt. It's usually like the NBA All-Star game, uh, a lot of points because it's just bombs and and run plays and, and not a lot of defense and, you know, nothing. there's nothing good about it. It evolved in a way that it's garbage time, and the NBA, NBA All-Star game is also garbage time. I still think because of the nature of the sport that it's generally speaking a non-contact sport, although that's not totally true because there's hard slides and, you know, things that happen. But baseball, the baseball all-star game is still fantastic. And I know that baseball is sliding in America. It's a shame. But I want to say it's still America's pastime. That might not be true. I want it I want it to be true. I want to believe. So don't don't squash my dreams. But it probably isn't, but I want it to be. And that All-Star game is great. The NBA All-Star game, the NFL Pro Bowl game, absolute garbage. But what are they going to do about that question that I've raised? You just end the season and there are no All-Stars. And then that whole part of the resume in terms of one day hoping to be inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame 
is taken. I haven't heard that addressed. Also, I don't know. Maybe it'll be fun. I think flag football is fun. I've watched it a couple of times. I played it a couple of times, pick up. And it's it's not non-contact, I'll tell you that. It's, it's a little rough and tumble out there. Uh, so we'll see what the flag football. You won't have um, probably a, the protective equipment. You just have the, uh, you pull the cloth flag from the waist of an opponent and, you know, away you go. It's going to be what's happening. I think it'll be interesting. It'll be fun for the players to be, and they probably all have played around and done something like that. So I kind of like everything about this, except I would like that question answered about what are you going to do? Are you going to pick all-stars at the end of the season so that people you know, will have that accomplishment uh, on their player profile, if you will. But I like this. I like um, to see the football and the non-football skills. I think that's fun. I think that would be uh, uh, a pretty cool thing to watch. The Pro Bowl would feature the league's best players not involved in the Super Bowl. And it was always played at less than full speed. So anytime you're doing something like that, and and I understand, you want to make it an exhibition. You don't want some catastrophic injury to take place in in an exhibition. Or you have something like Apollo Creed against Ivan Draga. When Apollo Creed's manager, his corner guy, says... This is supposed to be an exhibition. Not a bad imitation. Not good, but not bad. All right, guess what? 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Let's do this. Who does this? Who says that? 609-407-1450. I do. It's early in the morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Six minutes past the hour. Let me continue this. um, It is an item I said I wanted to bring up to Kirk. Let's continue this thought about the NFL uh, KOing the Pro Bowl game, which, which I will not really take the side of keeping the Pro Bowl game uh, with any, any you know, effort whatsoever because it, it is a garbage game. I know why it is, but it is. The hero Mike Heath wrote me, and hero, I didn't get a chance to write you back because I am jammed right now, uh, but I saw what you wrote. He, he wrote, play the Pro Bowl game the week after the Super Bowl, then you can make it mean something. Uh, I like that, and I think what would happen is it would be more meaningful but you still don't want to get players hurt in an exhibition game. So they're not, they're not going to go all out, even if you do it 
the week after. And let's let's be honest. Sometimes the best two teams are not even in the Super Bowl. Uh, so you're missing, you know, probably uh, a, a quarterback or two, uh, running back or two, you know, some receiving people, some defensive people. But you have the rest of the league to pull from. It's not like doing it the week before is some disaster that there's not any talent. Uh, sometimes the best talent is available to be in the Pro Bowl game and didn't make it to the Super Bowl since only one team from each league can make it. So the, I don't think that's compelling. But having it the week after would make it that everybody would be eligible. Uh, but I still think they would play it as an exhibition so as not. And But, you know, look, people have been hurt in uh, in all-star games. You can have non-contact football injuries where your cleat catches the uh, the turf and people have had all kinds of issues. Uh, ACL tears and, you know, displaced type fractures and things. So anything can happen even in an exhibition. But let's get Kirk's take. The one component I wish I knew is what are they going to do about it was I think it was a big deal if you're going for the Hall of Fame and you can say, hey, I've won one Super Bowl. I was picked for 15 straight Pro Bowl games. I think that's a whole part of the resume that's taken away. Kirk, you have any thoughts about this? I can't remember the last time I watched the uh, Pro Bowl. Yep, same here. It's always been, uh, you know, they don't go all out. It's it's never the best players, and uh, it's really a meaningless, just like the NBA all-star games meaningless and you're right you know baseball all-star game is an incredible display of talent but yeah i think a lot of the uh contracts must have you know pro bowl incentives you know yeah. being named at a pro bowl so i think they're going to have to continue to name players either as all-stars or pro bowl players, however they want to label it, so that they conform with the contracts. And uh, I don't know, from, you know, I've been listening, and from what I've been hearing, um, I don't see this competition thing as being very interesting, and neither is the flag football. They ought to just bag the whole thing. I guess they, I guess they feel if they just eliminated it and put nothing in its place, that it would just be a total takeaway here. They're basically doing a replacement type deal. Yeah. Well, I don't think I'm going to be watching it uh, no matter what they do. So, (laughs) but I I think back in the day, if I remember correctly, the pro bowl until they strung out the playoffs to have the super bowl in February, I think the pro bowl was after the super bowl, maybe, you know, in the eighties, I think you're. I, I think you're 80s. absolutely right about that. I never knew why they moved it, but I, here's what I say though to that. I, I don't know if you agree or disagree. I mean, last year the two best teams were not in the Super Bowl. Uh, two very good teams. You, you you can't be bad and make it, but sometimes even a wild card team, you know, makes it if you just get hot. So it's not like the All Star Game or the Pro Bowl game whatever you want to call it, it's called the Pro Bowl game. Baseball calls it the All-Star game. It's not like there wouldn't be good players available to be in it. And you know what also happens? Uh, there are certain players that don't want to play in it. 
So they get picked. They get the status of being a Pro Bowl player. And the next thing you know, you hear it every year that this quarterback isn't going to be there. And then they replace you with another person and another person gets to make it. I just think it's just not viable. No, and the concern for injury is is a viable concern with these players with the length of the careers uh, typical of the NFL and, uh, you know, the money they make. Uh, they have every right to be concerned about injury in an exhibition game. And even, even uh, you know, this skills competition, whatever they're going to have in flag football, they're still going to be the possibility of injury. I mean, you have, you have people get injured uh, in workouts, you know, in tryouts, uh, you know, not in a contact football game. So you may even see some of that. Like, you know, I'm not going to risk hurting my arm some passing competition that doesn't mean anything. So, yeah, it's just uh, it's not a a viable in that heavy contact sport. It's not a viable competition. So I, I would just forget all about it. And uh, yeah, I think they. I don't think they can completely eliminate it. And some of it might be the contract thing, where they do have to select players because, as you say, it's in the contract. If you get a selected for a Pro Bowl, you get fifty thousand dollars. I don't think they get big money for that, but maybe a hundred thousand, fifty thousand. Uh, and of course, that's big money. It's all relative. All right, let's shift gears. I want to talk. We have two minutes before the break. Let's talk one of the sports item and I. I appreciate what you did the other day because my brother Don and I both said, hey, we're trying to find Federer's last match. And just we couldn't find it all day. So it turns out it was later in the day. So then I was able to text Don and he was appreciative of it. I wound up taping it. I kept it uh, very emotional. It was very cool. But we got to see something so unique in that two people that had done so much battle on the court played as just a great team. And, you know, you can never have the perfect storybook ending because, you know, whatever, just something gets in the way of making it perfect. It would have been great if they had won the the match. But other than that, you couldn't have a better send-off. You couldn't have more respect. What a sport when you have Djokovic there and you have Nadal and they are honoring... Federer and all the um, you had the team world and you had the team Europe and you had all this uh, going on. McEnroe, Bjorn Borg, Kirk, it was, I want to give you the rest of the time before the break, it was beyond special. It was absolutely magical uh, to see Roger and Nadal team up and play doubles is his final match was just incredible. Uh, you know, doubles is such a different game than, you know, singles. And the court's wider. There's more strategy. And it, it was incredible. And I, I got to tell you, Roger looked good. He looked really good. <laughs> he looked really smooth. He looked like he was moving great. But you didn't get to see the full range of his talents just due to the nature of what doubles is. Yeah, for those who don't follow it, it's up close. They're fast points. Rarely do you have a long point. It's boom, 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 boom. It's, a, it's, almost, like, it's almost like ping pong. It's, it's very close up, and you don't get the chance to stretch out, so you don't see that, that 
athleticism and the you know the the, the they'll never be I don't think there'll never be another there will never be another let me say it in English uh like Federer his grace uh the way he covered the court uh so effortlessly yet you know they talked about his his workout would make most people cry like a baby they'd be on their knees begging make it stop uh so he was uh he is he's still alive but he was a phenomenal player of great intellect on the court great grace uh obviously we know he started out as a maniac uh and he fixed that uh thank god he did because it would have been terrible you know you think about like McEnroe he regrets there's a great piece on McEnroe that I urge people to watch it's on Showtime it's just I think it's called McEnroe uh phenomenal and he has many regrets uh about how he handled his career Federer though the man can't have any regrets. He did it the right way. Yes, he did. And he did it with, uh, I think he's the classiest uh, pro athlete that's ever graced the stage. I mean, he, he his style of play is so smooth. Uh, they call him the Swiss maestro because he just makes it look effortless when he's on top of his game. And I think he's still going to go down as, as the greatest of all time. Um, simply because he still has won the most matches of all time. He has so many records that he still holds. Uh, and, yeah, his, his his intellect and his class, fluent in five languages. Uh, I I printed out his, his retirement letter, and it, it almost brought you to tears. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it, unusual, it, it, too, because... A lot of times you want some, we'll talk about this on the other side of the break. It's getting too late. Uh, a lot of times you want something like that to be shorter. His his retirement letter was very lengthy, but but it wasn't repetitive. Uh, it wasn't boring. And he just had a lot of people to thank. And when you're playing like he did for well more than two decades, you know, there are a lot of people that made possible for you to do what you did, including his family. Uh, great sacrifice. Uh, we'll, we'll finish that up on the other side. Then we'll get into some of this um, horrific news. Obviously, uh, we are. Chuck is off today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be back next week. Kirk and I will talk about some of the things maybe that Chuck and I would usually talk about. Uh, we're in a bear market. That's that's not good. Uh, there's a lot of bad things going on right now uh, that are converging. Uh, much to talk about with Kirk Conover. We continue after Sean Hannity on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Now think about this. This is the White House press secretary acknowledging if it's a referendum on Biden and the Democrats and their leadership for almost two years, they lose. Because there's nobody that can call this program. If you have the answer, call. I'll put you right on the air. That can give me an answer. Where are we better off as a country because of these policies? They're a disaster. So now we're back to the old strategy, which is January 6th. Oh, we got another hearing this week. Here we go again. We didn't have enough hearings on January 6th. Where are the hearings on the 574 official riots that took place in the summer of 2020 that injured thousands of cops that resulted in dozens of dead Americans and billions in property damage. Not a word about that. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show.
You know, there's something about fall that makes me want my house to feel more like a home, right? Now, that's why my fall project is new custom window treatments from Blinds.com. Now, a fall home refresh doesn't need to be a hassle. Ordering online should not mean sacrificing style or service. And our friends at Blinds.com, they have a premium selection of blinds and shades and shutters and drapes. Shipping is always free. Go to Blinds.com right now. Save up to 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Save up to 40% off site-wide. Rules and restrictions may apply. Powerful interests have kept this story under wraps for decades. Justiceforliberty.org Israeli defense forces. I don't know why they call them defense because they were attacking us. There was no accident. This attack went on for over two hours. The life ramps were shot up. As a matter of fact, they committed some war crimes. So they were planning on putting us down, and they came extremely close to that. Please visit justiceforliberty.org and contribute whatever you can. Paid for by If Americans Knew. 500. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back at 23 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. Reminder... Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet will join us in about uh, 40 minutes and we'll be talking about his decision on the upcoming ballot question, whether or not to keep the form of government, local government. This is only a local question, won't change anything involving county, state, federal elections, but the, the local question of whether you want to keep the exact same form of government you have, however, return to what had been in effect for many, many years, a nonpartisan form of government as opposed to the current uh, partisan or Democrat and Republicans running at each other and running in the primary and the convention stuff, selecting candidates, and then the November general election. This would change it back to one election in May, and people would run as people. They wouldn't be running as Republicans. They wouldn't be running as Democrats. And we'll see what the um, citizens of Atlantic City, uh, how they feel about that. Uh, we'll know soon enough. I have my own uh, suspicions about the ballot question, and we'll just continue to provide information. We, um, if you go to the website and to the app, we have coverage uh, when council members Jesse Kurtz, Bruce Weeks, and LaToya Dunstan came out publicly in support of the question, urging the citizens of Atlantic City to vote yes. We followed that up about a couple of days later uh, with our coverage yesterday. I think Friday we broke the news of the three council members, and then yesterday we broke the news on our digital platform and also here on air about Council President Tibbetts endorsement. That's four now. Uh, we're about to publish. We've been working on it um, for quite a while. Uh, we're about to publish in the next hour or so. Maybe get it done before Tibbet even begins. Uh, the mayor of Atlantic City uh, is none too happy about this. And we're going to tell you why if you read our piece uh, on the WPG digital platform. Kirk, you were, you were um, mentioning, and I thought it was beautiful also, Roger's retirement letter retirement from the game, retirement from the sport, whatever you want to call it. Uh, please continue. Well, yeah, it was a class act all the way. And I think in um, one thing that, you know, he's too humble to say it, but uh, I think he elevated tennis to another level. Um, 
you know, back, I always watched tennis, but it was always sort of a secondary, it was considered a sort of a secondary sport. It didn't um, gather the attention that, you know, the big uh, major sports uh, have. And I think, you know, we lived in a, we've been in a golden age of tennis and it started with, with Roger Federer's dominance. I think he took it to another level and then you, you mix in Nadal and Djokovic and, you know, um, they've won since like 2003. The three of them have won 70% of the Grand Slams. Let me comment on that, Kirk. I think it was Martina Navratilova, who I thought was just extraordinary during uh, the match, the doubles match, um, and then during the retirement ceremony of Roger right on the court there, which just could not have been done any better. It was just wonderful. She made a really good point. Do you know how many more majors Federer would have won if he did not have to go up against the likes? Now, I know it's like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and Gary Player, you know, and Lee Trevino. I mean, you could start, but it just seemed like there were more people, more elite tennis players. I'm trying to think back. You had uh, Bjorn Borg and uh, John McEnroe and Jimmy Connors. So I, I, I don't know if it's as different as maybe I, I'm making it seem. But I thought Martina Navratilova, and I think it was her that made the point, had a really good point when she said, look, if he wasn't facing Nadal and, and Djokovic all the time, look how he, he has 20 major uh, championships in, in, on his resume. Think how many more he would have had, Kirk. I mean, some of those Wimbledon that he lost to uh, Nadal, a couple of them, I mean, just excruciating. Because for those who don't know, if you're in a fifth set tiebreaker, it's not like you're, um, your father's tiebreaker. They just keep going and going and going until somebody is up by two games. I forget what it was, but it was um, in the double digits. I mean, their matches were epic, Kirk. Yeah, I've often said that to Nancy about, you know, how many more majors Roger would have won without Nadal and, and Djokovic around. But she always pointed out, it seems like there's always been like three elite tennis players in any given era. You mentioned Borg, McEnroe, Connors, and then the next was, uh, you know, Agassi, uh, Courier, and... Um, yeah. uh, let's not forget Stefan Edberg was great. Right. Yep. So anyway, um, I, I just think Roger took it to the next level. And the fact that uh, Nadal and Djokovic came along really put tennis at the level of, you know, Major League Baseball, football, basketball. A whole channel is devoted to tennis. I mean, that really shows you. Uh, how those three elevated the game and started with Roger. Yeah, and see if you agree with this. Roger, I think, also took, like Tiger Woods did with golf, uh, and I know some people think that Tiger Woods did, you know, performance-enhancing things and all that. None of that is um, is established, and his incredible training is, is a matter of public record. So uh, until there's evidence that he did anything, I'm going to go with that he is just a phenomenal athlete that took training to the next level, strength training and things like that. Federer took the workout to the next level. Do you agree? I agree. 
and it it, uh, it shows in the longevity. I mean, typically, um, you know, they never thought in the doll would last past age thirty. I, I Kirk, Roger, you know, I used to say to you all the time with the way he plays. It it reminds me of like Allen Iverson, for example. The moment you lose that step, you're not going to be able to compete at that level. Uh, but Nadal proved me wrong. His longevity, and he has some stuff going on that I wasn't really even aware of that makes his ability, uh, I don't know if it's neuropathy or these different things he has going on, uh, it makes it even more impressive, Kirk. Yep, and like you pointed out, Roger uh, set the tone with the kind of workout he does. I mean, that that stuff spreads through the sport, you know, and they see Roger's success. They look at, you know, how he trains and uh, the skill workout that he does, and everybody copies it, and that's really... And and then it becomes a standard. Yeah, Yeah. it contributes to the longevity. Yes. I mean, to think that, you know, Roger could play at this level... Uh, until he hurt his knee, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. It's incredible. And uh, like I said, I, and also I think he really brought the uh, the big money. I mean, he really elevated the money that's in tennis. People were willing to pay to go to these tournaments to see him. And uh, he's still, with all the endorsements and not playing tennis, he's still the highest paid professional athlete in the world when you consider all his endorsements. He makes $70 million a year. Oh, we signed that massive 10-year contract. It's off the charts. Kirk, we'll be right back. Don't go away. It's 32 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program with Kirk Conover, Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet joining us in about 30 minutes. Dr. Mark Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour, and then we'll have some fun together in open forum in the uh, remainder of the... uh, the final hour of today's program right before Brian Kilmeade. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley, three stories you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds has confirmed two shot in Atlantic City, one the day before that, and one of the two is dead. The other is expected to survive. A great ninja academy in Ventnor has closed after 46 years. We have a very touching story about that. And Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet has made his decision on the November 8th ballot question in Atlantic City regarding a change of government format. He'll speak for himself in about a half hour. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. I think it's fair to call it a typical late September morning. Temperatures starting out in the 50s inland and in the 60s close to the coast. We'll aim for 74 this afternoon with lots of sunshine, some clouds early and late. Might be a bit breezy at times today too. Mainly clear and cool tonight, low of 50. Partly sunny and 70 tomorrow, coming down to 68 on Thursday with increasing clouds. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 38 minutes past the hour. Kirk, it looks to me like all the most recent polling, and if you were listening earlier, and, and yesterday I also brought it up, the Democrat polling outfits, ABC, Washington Post, New York Times, the whole gang, they're purposely 
not polling likely voters. They're polling either people or uh, registered voters at best. But I just don't understand other than they're being corrupt, because why would you ever waste money doing something that's unlikely? Why would you poll unlikely voters when you could poll likely voters? These samplings are available. They can be done. They can be done to a scientific you know, accuracy when you do them right. They're purposely polling people who don't vote and people who in some cases aren't even registered to vote because they realize that they're in a lot of trouble. They're, they're, they're running a campaign for the Democrats, and they know that if they did likely voters, they'd be in a whole lot of trouble. But, but Kirk, even the unlikely voter samplings they're doing are turning out terrible for them. Yeah, those outfits are trying to rig the game. Uh, they, they realize that uh, things aren't going very well. You know, I've always said on this program, and anybody that'll listen, uh, these midterm elections are going to turn on gas and groceries. And there's, I can't name one thing that's better about the economy or about our nation, our standing in the world. Nothing's better since the Democrats took power. And the water boys in the, the, the lamestream media, you know, like you, like you mentioned, they have these rigged polls because they're trying to rig the game uh, to help the Democrats. It's so corrupt. Uh, but, um, you know, that's just, I was counseled this throughout my entire elective career that the press is against you. If you're a Republican, just deal with it, just live with it. And, uh, that, that's what you have to do. You just have to fight back. And, um, you know, they're also taking aim at, uh, you know, this commitment to America plan, uh, that Kevin McCarthy laid out, uh, you know, the mainstream press is trying to say that that's a weak, fake document. It's thin. It's this. It's that. You know, but I think it conveys the main message is that if you vote for the Republicans, we're going to try to return to some kind of rationality uh, and traditionalism when it comes to the economy. Get rid of the wokeism and get rid of the progressive uh, policies, control government spending. Because if you look at what, what's happened here, uh, when Biden came in and just from day one, spitefully reversed everything that President Trump had put in place. Yeah, so stupid. The war on fossil fuels. It, it was so stupid. It's right. He, he ruined the, the, the stay in Mexico policy. I mean, you could go on and on. Everything yeah. Trump did had to be wrong, even when it was right. Yeah, and that was the start. I mean, energy uh, is the basis for just about everything. I mean, it, it affects the price of everything. And when you see uh, gas go from, I, mean, I have, I, we were look, scrolling through some pictures on my phone last night and having a laugh about some of the things. Uh, but one thing we didn't laugh about was I took a picture of the local gas station where the price was a dollar seventy six mm. in South Carolina. Yeah, that's not and good. that was you know November of twenty twenty, and it, you know, and now uh, obviously they've come down, but I mean it's still three oh six around the corner. So it's. Uh, 
it's not a good scenario, and I, I just really think that likely voters are going to sit at the kitchen table. What are they going to be motivated by? The could high it, could, inflation? Kirk, Kirk, could anybody answer the question, are you better off now than you were two years ago? Who could possibly say, I mean, I guess if somebody hit it big, uh, something fantastic happened. I mean, I guess there's you know a handful of this or that where you would have anomalies, but who could really say that it is better now than it was two years ago? I don't think anyone can say it because you know, this massive inflation that we're having, which would be 18% if they measured it the way they did in 1980, uh, is basically giving everybody every single day a pay cut. It's eroding people's retirement. Uh, well, well, go back, go back. This is such an important point. Trump gave everybody a 4,000 some odd, 4,500 hours, whatever it was, increase. Biden has given everyone a negative $4,200 a year decrease in pay. So there are a lot of, as you know, there are a lot of people out there that don't make 40 some thousand a year. You're talking about more than a month's pay that he took from you. It's gone. This is why I laugh when I hear this Democrat media making it look like, oh, the Democrats are really gaining. They're really they could win. They could hold the House. They could they could hold the Senate. I mean, they're so full of it. It's it's 1994 all over again. It's not a matter of if Democrats are going to win. It's by how much. I mean, they're just trying to fool. I don't know who, but people are going to go in there and vote and say, I'll give you an example. One of my Facebook friends yesterday had like five things on the um, the conveyor at the the food store, you know that you put your stuff on. It slides down to, to the to the cashier. Five things. It was a loaf of bread, um, and I don't remember, but they were not four other major huge things. These five small items cost him over forty five dollars. People are getting hurt right now, Kirk. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that's what's going to motivate people to vote for the Republicans uh, in the midterms. I can't think of one Democrat economic policy that uh, is a success. And the irony is, you know, they 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 really blew it when they started um, spending trillions of dollars to try to buy votes. Yes. And it was showered on people who probably aren't going to vote. And uh, and long ago, forgot about it anyhow. Uh, and and hate the fact that maybe they have to go back to work. I mean, they created a whole bizarro world of people like Nancy Pelosi saying, if you don't want to work, you shouldn't have to work. Whoever imagined that this great democratic republic that was built upon legal immigration of people coming in and they came in ready to work or they didn't eat, now this entitled uh, mentality of if you don't want to work, that somebody else is going to pay for you is just absolutely ridiculous. They think it's a winning strategy, though, Kirk. They think that ultimately more people will want to be given things than have to work hard to earn things. I'm just a firm believer in creating a, a level playing field where everyone can grow to the limits of their potential, equal opportunity, but not equal results guaranteed. Because if somebody works harder than you, uh, you don't deserve the same. It's just like in school, and they're trying to even change that, Kirk. Somebody works really hard and gets straight A's, 
what, the person that doesn't do their homework, that's getting D's and C's if they're lucky and F's, uh, they should also get straight A's? Or should the A student come down and be be um, graded downward to become a C student? And should the F student be brought up to be a C student? And then everybody, everybody gets the participation trophy. They don't want to have valedictorians. They don't want to have grades. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And we have to win these upcoming elections uh, because if we don't, we lose our country much more with Kirk Conover after this on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet coming up in about 15 minutes. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Visiting with Kirk Conover at 52 minutes past the hour. George Tibbett coming up right after the 8 o'clock break. Dr. Mark Newkirk on a special day uh, in the first half of the 9 o'clock hour. Wide open forum in the second half. Kirk, so we're officially in a bear market. A um, lot of bad things going on right now. A Fed reserve board that um has to bring the pain in order to bring inflation down and this uh this does not bode well do you think much of it will be felt prior to november 8th because i think one of the worst things would be is if the american people don't understand what's about to happen and then it happens after they make uh, an important decision will will much I mean obviously people have been feeling the pain for quite a while now at the pump uh, at the grocery store you know so I think it's pretty baked in but what are your thoughts about this well I think they are feeling the pain from the inflation that was caused by the the, the 4.5 trillion uh, spending that the Biden administration imposed upon us and they've really that spending that created the inflation really has crippled the fed uh the fed's only uh way of fighting inflation that they have left is to raise interest rates and that hurts everybody yeah. you know people aren't qualifying for mortgages they can't get car loans uh all these uh rate increases ripple through the economy people's credit card rates go up and it just it, it increases the pain and really if you step back from it and look at um what the democrats are saying all the time is that they're sick of trickle down economics well their economics is upside down economics because the way you solve inflation and the way Reagan solved inflation was to increase supply. And right now, with the Fed um, raising interest rates, it's designed to slow down demand. How about our delusional president, Kirk, that said as recently as yesterday that our economy is growing? 
I guess he's not reading uh, the fact that it, it contracted uh, 2.5% over the first six months of 2022. This is what I mean. They're completely incompetent when it comes to economics. They don't have any plans that work. I mean, this uh, oxymoronically named Inflation Reduction Act has very dangerous features in it. Uh, not only is it 500 to a trillion dollars of additional spending, there's 700 billion dollars of tax increases coming. That reduces supply. It reduces incentives for people to produce things. And that is, it's just so backwards, Harry. I, I can't even, um, I can't even imagine that, that there isn't some rational people telling Biden and his minions, hey, what you're you're going about this all wrong. You know, you gotta increase supply, you gotta increase energy production. That'll ripple through the economy and increase supply of goods and services and reduce inflation. Just simple things. But they've turned, you know, uh, 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 Donald Trump was deregulating industry across the board. You know, you had to, if you had one regulation you wanted to put in, you had to repeal two and it worked. But ever since January uh, 20th of 2021, they've been re-regulating. They've been, uh, you know, quietly increasing taxes and fees. They've cut down all kinds of incentives to produce uh the blue states all locked down their big economies and it's just been one thing after another that's created the worst economic scenario possible and for the president to say that the economy is growing it shows you how delusional these democrats are they just can't accept reality uh, they're more interested in you know the climate change cult and appeasing them than uh making things prosperous for the American people. And it's a real sin. CBO it's, came it's, out it's yesterday. So unnecessary. It is unnecessary, but it's their philosophy of governance. I mean, I have to believe that they believe it. Uh, but socialism doesn't work. It never has. It's a 100% record of failure each and every time. Look at Venezuela, went from rich, uh, something like the third or fourth richest country in the hemisphere to blackouts, eating the zoo. I mean, just... It's always ends in an absolute just abject failure. Yesterday, Kirk, the CBO said that the Biden student debt forgiveness plan will cost four hundred billion dollars. Now, of course, we know liars who lie about lying. They always say the opposite. Biden said it's paid for. How's it paid for? How is something that you're giving away? How is it paid for, Kirk? Tell me this, please. I can't figure it out. Um, but, you know, I guess they're counting on the 80-some thousand new IRS agents to go out there and collect the money to pay for it. I, I don't know. Right now, of course, they say that they they're not going to be sicked on anybody making less than $85,000. But we know that's the majority of America. And past this prologue, that's who the IRS goes after. Because the other people have all these lawyers and, you know, they're not getting they're not getting anywhere with with the fat cats. Uh, they screw over the little guys. That's how they work. Yeah, I mean, there's what, 700 uh, ultra rich 
in this country. And, you know, they, they do all these things. Say, well, we're only going to tax the rich. Well, right. Yeah. So I figure so if there's like 200 people, then they're going to have what? Like, uh, you know, uh, 5,000 IRS agents on each one of them? I don't think so. Uh, Kirk, it is the end of the hour. Uh, thanks for the time spent. Always appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure to be on your program, Harry. You know that. Yes, sir. And be on the lookout for Hurricane Ian. Be safe. You bet. All right, my I friend. Will. You got it. Coming up in just a few minutes, Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. He has made his decision. If you go to the app or to the WPGTalkRadio.com website, uh, you will see his decision. But he is here to speak for himself next because this is the Hurley in the Morning program. We'll be right back. Don't go away. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Thanks for tuning in to WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All because of you, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. All because of you, and we know it. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the Hurley in the Morning program is the president of Atlantic City Council, George Tibbet, Mr. President, welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Good to have you. Uh, so let's start right up front. There will be a ballot question on November 8th. You're well-versed on it because it came before city council. I, I agreed with the decision you made at the time. You basically said, look, we could decide this here and now, but let's let all the resident voters of Atlantic City decide this question. So the committee, the Atlantic City Independence Committee, satisfied the um, statutory requirements. They did their work. They got enough signatures. They got it onto the ballot. Uh, the clerk, and I wrote a lot about this process as it was going on, was very honorable uh, in, in doing her job. And so this question finds its way on the Tuesday, November 8th ballot. So now that all the citizens are voting, uh, you have come out with your public decision uh, about how you're going to vote. Uh, explain your thought process. Well, let me start you out with a quote, a quote from Andy Kim, New Jersey congressman. His uh, political uh, campaign ad last night that we saw on TV. And Andy Kim, Congressman Kim says, partisan politics. Was Rock Me Gently playing in the background? No. <laughs> That's just a joke. Because there was an Andy Kim, and he had a great song, Rock right, Me Gently. Well, i got to Go stay ahead. on point here. I understand. Um, <laughs> just having a little fun. Off. Um, just having a little fun. Okay. Andy, uh, Congressman Kim starts his political ad off with partisan politics have lost contact with the everyday working class person. And there, there's a New Jersey congressman, Ross Baraka, in the, town, in the city of uh, Newark. It's a nonpartisan election. Um, you, 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 my decision, Harry, was when, let me give full disclosure first. I'm a, I'm a person that has benefited from the party line a few times. I'm a person that has 
declined to take the party line when the party did not take all the people that were on our team. Yeah, you've run off the line. I've run off the line. And Even when you could fortunate have had it. the people of Atlantic City to uh, put me over the top and still be a victor. Um, I'm a person that was at a city committee meeting and won their support 33 to 3. I've been at city committee where I've lost 40 to 2. And, you know, one thing you see is that they're compl- everybody's complaining about too many outsiders having too much control. Well, when you see these elections for the city committees, hardly anybody knows about them except the politically con- uh, savvy people, people yeah. that are in, in, in the game itself. You know you got to get control of that city committee and get as many as your people on that committee as possible. But let's look at how many people actually vote for people of the Republicans and Democrats uh, city committees. Some of those races are won with five and six votes. It's true. This is a very good point you're making. A handful of people have a disproportionate amount of power with this system being the way that it is. Uh, And also, too, and I, I like him, and he and I get along, and he was on the show recently, the party chairman have a lot of power to even go against the will of their own committees, which they have done. Particularly, I haven't seen the Republican chairman do it, but I've watched the Democrat chair do it. Uh, The mayor of Atlantic City, Marty Small, most oftentimes has he's almost never gotten the endorsement of the Atlantic City committee. Suleiman has put him uh, in the column, a regular Democratic column. It all is very, very political. One other comment I want to make about this for your response, Council President Tibbet, is there's nothing complicated here. It doesn't change the form of the government. It would remain mayor council just as it is. It just moves the election to May and everybody will be running as people. They won't be running as Democrats and Republicans. That's the only change. That That's correct, Harry. And also, when you run in a partisan style election, let's give an example of, let's say, uh, governors running. You get all the governor's money and the governor's supporters out there, hundreds of people working the street for the whole everybody from the top to the bottom. You get congressmen's people. You get senators people. You know, it's a, a ton of money and, and bodies put on the street for everybody. The everyday person has no way, no how, any chance at all to compete with of that. competing with that. Yeah. It, it's just uncompetable. You can't do it. And um There's a lot of people that just don't get involved in the politics because they believe that the deck is stacked so much against them that they have no chance of getting involved at all. And there's a lot. George, if you add, and if you're just joining us, Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet, if you add all the years that Atlantic City was a five member commission, those elections were in May, same deal, and then there was the switch to the mayor council form of government, nonpartisan. So there was a deliberate um, decision. To, to keep it nonpartisan, then yet all the years that it was nonpartisan, it's many more years in Atlantic City nonpartisan than it is this example. Uh, that's correct. And, you know, like you bring up a commission form of government, God forbid. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you get people in politics that can't balance their own checkbooks. Could you imagine if we were commissive? commission form of government and they actually ran a whole department where you had to come to work every day eight hours a day and run a department for those so yeah for those who don't know watch what you wish for with that but you know partisan politics like you said nonpartisan politics 
change nothing. You still have mayor council. Your race is in May. You have no outside help. You have no outside money. There's a reason that they put campaign finance reform uh, in, in, in a lot of towns, including Atlantic City. It was in Atlantic City as well. It's to keep the outside money from uh, influencing everything that happens in, in, in your city. So this is very beneficial to the everyday Joe that's out there that wants to get involved. There's an incredible amount of people that have made it on their own in this world without any type of government um, job or something of that nature that would love to get involved. And we should have more outside people from the private world involved with the city, a healthy mix of everything, so that yeah, I, you I see how yeah. a business runs correctly. If you had to run in May as opposed to the other process, a lot of people would shy away. They, they, they don't know anyone. They, they're not going to get, you know, uh, the party line. They, they know that it's it's a recipe for, for failure. There's no way if you, if you don't get column A in June or depending on if you have column A or column B in November by the drawing, you, you have no chance because people go down the party line. And it's very, very – it happens on rare occasion – but it's 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 usually somebody that's very well known that can win off the line. You've done it. Yes, uh, Langford has done it. Uh, very few people have ever done that. So I agree with you. If you just have to run as a man or a woman in May, it's a better it's a better form of government. And we have enough. I mean, look look how horrible the vitriol, the the hatred, the the politics right now is it's toxic well, well harry let me give you an example i ran in the past been in since 2006 i ran with somebody twice on the same ticket and, and, and in the primary the person never went out on the street maybe once or twice in two different elections and at the end of the primary when the votes were counted because they bulleted themselves they were the top vote getter and they didn't put five minutes into into the election if you're on that party line you just go for the ride you get carried by uh, yeah. you know many people were carried by uh, yeah. uh mayor langford's coattails yeah if you that. ran if you run in may you you have to win you have you have to work yes. you have to get your message out yes. you have to get there to the people and, and now, like i said i benefited yeah and i walked away from it uh to, to yeah. support mayor langford the one time when they wanted to separate him from his running mates when we come back from the break i want to remind our listeners it's it's in my uh column about the three councilmen that endorsed the question it's also in my article from yesterday when we were able to share the news of council president tibbett's decision atlantic city mayor small didn't always feel the way that he does now he, he's going to come out today at 10 30 in the morning we've confirmed we have learned and confirmed and he is opposed to this question but he was not always opposed to this concept. And I'm going to share with you what he had to say, not ancient history, back in 2017. He was supporting the same concept that's on the ballot on November 8th. And I'll back that up when we come back with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Enjoy. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 19 minutes past the hour. So, Council President Tibbet, it was the election of 2017. My friend, Mayor Don Guardian, who I'll just say was 
such a superior mayor to what we have now. It's terrible. Uh, awful. The city was cleaner. I mean, I could, I could go on and on and on and on. Uh, current Mayor Small publicly endorsed him as a Democrat. He publicly endorsed Guardian the Republican. And the, the case, if you want to go to any of the three articles on our website and on the app, uh, we have the exact comments from Mayor Small. And I could read them now, but I'll just paraphrase. He is talking about uh, it's not about Republicans and Democrats, you know, getting the politics out of this. And, and I mean, he's making the case for the ballot question to vote yes. And today he will announce that he's in opposition to it because it's in his own self-interest now, because now the partisan system that used to work against him because he never could get on the line and things like that could never get the endorsement of the Alexi Democratic Committee. I'm, I'm not being unkind. These are just facts. All of it's true. Uh, he's now going to be opposed to what he was in favor of in 2017. I don't know how anyone could disagree with the comment I just made. Well, Harry, I 100 um, percent respect Mayor Small's opinion. I may not agree with it. Yeah, I don't. But, but, I don't. But no, let me tell you why, Harry. You can. There's many people. Everybody is entitled to opinion, whether we agree with it or not. Well, that's different. You can be entitled to an opinion. Yeah. You don't have to respect someone's opinion. I, I respect, his opinion is garbage. You know, I don't agree with his decision, but I respect the, his making his yeah. own decision. Yeah. And anybody else having a decision I that do, doesn't, yeah. you know, yeah. I've been called. Last Wednesday, I was not a racist. This Tuesday, I'm a racist because I support this. I'm the same George that I was last week that loves everybody for people. So, and, so and Andra and everybody on that committee, are they racist well, too? Well, you know, that's what we're being called this week. And it's sad because that's a division of a city, and that's not what we do. If you look at the city of Atlantic City, the last census, it's 34% Hispanic, 32% uh, uh, black, 19% white, and then all the rest is other, South Asian, Chinese, you know, everything else that isn't uh, classified. We are a true definition of a melting pot. And, and, and you know, it should never – I don't come across this type of behavior anymore. I see people as people. I see everybody standing together. Well, you're not, you're not saying it, but it's Marty Small who's calling people the racists, and I don't think you can disagree with that comment. He's the one calling people racist. And when you don't have facts, that's the kind of garbage that you try the card that you try to play. No one that is supporting that question or not supporting that question should be called a racist. Correct, Harry. And and um, let's 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 break down the petition, the actual work that the people went out there, put the time in, and, and did the work to get the signature. Which, by the way, is why. I take offense when Marty Small yeah. publicly says that Vince Palestina and Don Guardi and, and Don Purdy are behind it. They're not behind it at all. This Atlantic City Independence Committee, they did their work. Well, let's get to the petition. Right now, on that petition, I actually read the petition, and when I before making my decision, I went to see who was involved, who was signing this petition, because everybody can have their own little story. Yeah. Let's see who signed it. You know, there's over 600 South Asians, which would be Bangladesh, Pakistanis, Hindis. Are they, are they, they, they racist? Are they racist, too, okay. according to Small? Hold on. Okay. Hold on. There's over, over 1,000 African Americans that signed it. Are they racist? There's... I don't know the number of Hispanics assigned it, but a very large amount of Hispanics. Uh, there's some white people that sign it. But what I found more curious is that if this is a Republican hidden secret thing, 
How come there's less than 300 Republicans that signed that petition and all the rest are city Democrats or newly registered unaffiliates that have not decided what party they're in? Because Marty Small knows the truth on this and the truth doesn't support him. So he is spinning a web of lies, calling people racist, saying it's Palestina and Republicans that are doing this. Not only is there no evidence of that, I know it's not them. Yep. Well, Harry, I like to I want to be clear to what I am. Because, you know, because I'm friends with some Republicans like everybody is, and they're friends with Democrats back and forth. I think my party leader, Mike Suleiman, will tell you the same thing. We go out there on Sunday and we play to win. And when it's over, you have to work together for the overall good of the county and the cities. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a, what you would call like a Tulsi Gabbard type of Democrat. Very pro-military I like to get $2 for a dollar, my dollar that I make. And, and I believe in helping people. I believe in helping people that need our help. It, it, you know, I don't, I'm not one of the, like, I'm a very proud Democrat. Yeah. And when we were running elections. And but you're then, not an ideologue. I, I, I'm, I'm my own person. I'm 54 years old. I have friends and family that have fought for this country at tier one operators that have lost over 55 people in burning helicopters. So that stuff is very sensitive to me that I make my decision based upon my thoughts. And and there's no party, not Republican or Democrat, going to ever tell me how to think. I support it. I loved Bill Clinton. I loved baby Bush. I love Barack Obama. I didn't support Hillary Clinton. And after what Joe Biden just did in Afghanistan last year, leaving those people down, I could never look in the mirror and support him. So I love the person that's in office, and I love my commander-in-chief when he's in there. I have a very dear friend, Joe, a Tier 1 operator, a SEAL Team 6 member. You know, I have pictures of him. I'll show you, Harry. Whenever Barack Obama went to the Middle East and was in Belgrade, right to the right of him was my buddy Joe. Wow. Whenever he went to Afghanistan, they were part of the Red Squadron of SEAL Team 6. Whenever the president went there, wherever they were, they had to come back because Barack Obama, President Obama, wanted the Red Squadron next to them at all times when he was there. And they supported. He wasn't a Democrat or a Republican. He was the president of the United States, the commander in chief. And at all, anything they had to do to keep him safe, they kept him safe. Politics is at election day when it's over. We're Americans. Is it, and, a, is, is it a great day in Atlantic City, George? Is it a great day in Atlantic City? Can you say a great day? I won't say great day. Okay. Let me ask you this. Pure politics, because they want to keep things very Democrat, very political, because they don't care about Republicans. Let's be honest about that. They want a partisan form of government to promote Democrats, not democracy. But let me ask you. Uh, Ernest Corsi had a fundraiser recently. It's my understanding. I haven't talked to you about this, but I'm going to put you on the spot. I've been told you weren't invited. Well, Corsi and I always had this uh, love-hate relationship. Never really hate, but we were, were, you know, me and him talk to each other sometimes when we're heated up, like we're on a construction site, no harm, no foul, forgotten, move forward. Um, I signed Mr. Corsi's petitions. Were you at his fundraiser? The governor was there. Were you there? When the governor came to town or any other of his fundraisers, no, I was not invited. I was not invited to it. So if you don't want my support, no problem. It's yeah. fine. I'm worth nothing. I, mean, I can't get no votes. I can't get no votes. How many, elections in, how, many, how many elections in a row have you won? Not many. How many? Not many. I, I don't know, since 2006. I mean, it's, so, it's, so I'm not worth nothing. But the point being is, is uh, 
I've never come out against Mr. Corsi. I've never done nothing harmful in his bid to be, a, a, you know, he chooses not to, you know, I didn't choose not to support him. He chose not to well, want my support. So if I'm at the Tropicana having dinner for my anniversary at Carmine's, at least this woman, Mrs. Macon, had the class that she was coming into our town. And although I'm a Democrat, she still sent me an invitation. She still sent me an invitation. So I waited till after the uh, her fundraiser was over because I don't believe in all the Republican stances on stuff. And I'm very supportive of Mike Suleiman. I'm very supportive of him. And, um, you know, they don't seem I that supportive and, of you, though. But that's fine. I can, okay. I can look in the mirror. Okay. And Mike's been supportive of me. Okay. Um, Harry, I went down there and said hello to her. And the biggest mistake that I made was I went down there and said hello to her. Because I found out this woman is amazing. She is amazing. She is a self-made woman. This is a woman that should be around, uh, around our children as a role model showing you don't need a government job to make it in this world. You could do it on your own. A woman of color that has made it in this world. The only way she won't win is if by November 8th not enough people truly got to know her because you know it is it is hard it's not countywide but it is in a number of different municipalities and it takes a little time to get known you know what else she is so superior to Corsi it's it's just not even not even funny go ahead Um, you know what was funny is is that in Atlantic City I'm the dog right now because I have a mind of my own the Bangladesh community they love Jeff Van Drew yeah, well, they refuse to endorse the other candidate. Yeah, they're awesome. They, they, they love Jeff Van Drew, yeah, awesome. but then they're Democrats the rest of the way. Yeah. But you know what? you got to respect their decision. You have to. Well, you do, but some people don't. And I'm not going to be mad at you because of the way you vote. I think Mr. Alexander is a wonderful human being. He's a great person, but... You know, what Cory Booker and Jeff Van Drew did for me with somebody in D.C. that was dying of stage four cancer, those two guys never do wrong in my eyes. Never, ever. They are never wrong as for the rest of my life what they have done to help military people that I know that so I sent you, to them. See, like with me, it never mattered mm. to me that Jeff Andrew was a Democrat. I supported him. Mm. And now Jeff Andrew is a Republican, and I support him. And, in fact, he's our guest of honor keynote speaker at our annual charity dinner one week from this friday at resorts casino hotel uh we're about to go to break is there something you want to get in before yeah the break? i wanted to ask you before we go to break yeah. i wanted to bring something up but i don't want it to be interrupted by break so, so we'll I'll go to wait. break yes we are at 30 minutes past the hour we'll be back with atlantic city council president george tibbet just put this in the back of your mind because at some point i'm going to address the undisputed fact that the atlantic city form of government and that does not change if the citizens vote to take the elections back to nonpartisan and May elections as opposed to the June and November stuff that we have now with Democrats and Republicans battling it out and all that. Uh, Atlantic City's form of government expressly was designed to have a strong council and a weak mayor. So I think it's absolutely incredible that the president of the stronger branch of government somehow isn't invited to these basic Democrat functions, and the weak mayor is, but the strong council president isn't. And again, that's not a slight. That's that's the the law as it is written and the form of government. The mayor is pretty much ceremonial and a potted plant. And you've got the council that's responsible for redevelopment 
and all the its council's budget, all these things. So it's kind of interesting how they're a little bit mixed up over there at the present time. Back in a moment. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino and Sportsbook app. BetParks.com. This is the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Harry Hurley with three stories that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlanta County Prosecutor Will Reynolds has confirmed, and there was another shooting the day before this. We broke this story yesterday, I believe first. Two shot in Atlantic City. One is dead. One expected to survive. A great ninja academy has closed after 46 years in Ventnor. Part of that growing list of closures of longtime establishments. And Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet has made his decision about the ballot question in Atlantic City. And this hour, we're talking all about it. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Counting down the final days of September, we are in the middle of a little cool down. We're generally going to see pleasant, quiet, dry weather through the rest of the work week here. Today's high temperature, 74. Lots of sunshine with some clouds early and late, a bit breezy at times too. Tonight, mainly clear and cool, low of 50. Partly sunny and 70 tomorrow, increasing clouds and 68 Thursday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. You wash your hands and brush your... WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 38 minutes past the hour. We're visiting this hour with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. He has made his decision regarding the ballot question uh, on November 8th in Atlantic City, a committee, because lies have been told to try to confuse people, a committee was formed last spring. We have been covering them since the very first day of their existence. It's the Atlantic City Independence Committee. Uh, Many of the people I had never heard of before, and I now know them. We've written, if you go to our website, go to the app, we've written countless articles about their work, uh, they did the work. Uh, lies are being told that that the, the Republican senator and the Republican Atlanta County chairman are behind all this. They have nothing to do with it. And I think Council President, in fact, I know Council President Tibbet did a really good job showing the diversity of the thousands of people that have signed the petition. So don't believe the lies. They must really believe they're going to lose because they're resorting to just ridiculous lies. Uh, and this fits into my next question to you, Council President. Working with everyone, not working with Democrats and screwing Republicans or vice versa, working with everyone for the best interests of Atlantic City has been the hallmark of your career. Yeah, Harry, uh, sometimes history is your number one weapon in your arsenal. Um, let's, let's go back. Who, who did I work with? When the very first casino tax appeal went Oh, oh, oh. I, I, who did I work with? I feel with? like Arnold Horshack. I, I, you know, I, I know. worked with Denny Levinson, yes. the county exec. Him and I were shoulder to shoulder in the newspapers fighting Donald Trump, uh, fighting Donald Trump about these uh, casino tax appeals, while others went against me and my own party and voted to support the tax appeals that started the snowball that, no 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 don't interrupt that, let me stay on my point that started a gold rush yes it did that's what i'm and i want to make sure we get in i just don't want to lose my train of thought here because um like i said 
Denny Levitz and I worked together, the head Republican and council person from Atlantic City, to fight that casino tax appeal when others from the Democratic Party pushed it and, and, and voted for it. Then we go into the city should have filed for bankruptcy. We should have filed for bankruptcy and gotten rid of all this debt, just like Detroit did. If you talk to firemen and policemen and officials from Detroit, like I do, it's the best thing they ever did. And their city is making a tremendous comeback without having the type of oversight that we have here in the city of Atlantic City. You look at the casino pilots. Danny Levinson, County Executive, and George Tibbet, again, on the same team, fighting not to do the pilot. Look what the pilot has done with the city of Atlantic City. Let's talk Bader Field. Bader Field. Who was out front with George Miller, Dan Gallagher, with Penn National, to sell Bader Field for $850 million, $250 million down payment? The money would have went into a tax relief fund where the citizens of Atlantic City on the first $300,000 of assessed value on your municipal portion of your tax would have been tax exempt. People that were supposed to be with me voted against. Again, Harry, you don't get to light the fire, the house on fire, Call the fire department and then stand up there and say, look, 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 I put out the fire. Yeah. I mean, my the arsonist wants to say they're you a know, fireman, a good leader, a good leader takes the blame and gives all the credit. A good leader takes all the blame and gives all the credit. There's a lot. There's a lot to this entire narrative that you just shared. And, uh, I'm not, you know, Harry, they, they, you, you, you know, you want to say people are jealous or envy. Let's be real. You know what I'm jealous of? That I could go to Ventnor, Ventnor Library, and the playground down there during an event and see kids sitting around their library, see a senior sitting around their library, see people sitting on the street eating, and I can't do that at my own library. I'm jealous of that. Very jealous and envy that our kids can't walk the streets and feel safe. I'm very jealous and envy that other towns around us don't have to dodge bullets on a daily basis. Let me follow up. Why is Atlantic City dirty and unsafe that's a good question because we put a lot of money in our budget huge amounts of money in our budget to keep it safe well well no i do know why um to be fair harry the amount of homeless that are sent to us i've watched walk down the street and watch the crda driving down pacific avenue empty out every trash can clean up the streets and everything else and rode back and see homeless people take the lid off and throw the trash all over the street right, looking that, for some eats but they're not shooting anybody they're not no harry and, and we have to do something about the shooting it's it's not it's not it, it, we can't continue with the i mean it's, th- it's three and two days it's it's every day now and, and let's face it you don't and by just the way are, are, is there i've been asking and i keep being told it's going to be provided to me and i like sarkis but I think there's games being played right now. Why aren't there accurate numbers? Why can't we get numbers of the number of shootings, number of violent incidents? I was told recently that there's a, a very big backlog in the number of actual incidents that are happening. So that anybody is reporting that crime is down in Atlantic City, it seems to me that it's because the, the inputting hasn't been done yet about all the incidents that are happening, according to a source of mine inside uh, Marty's office, actually, that doesn't like him very much, uh, that snitches to me all the time about him. Something's not right here. Uh, it doesn't feel to me like violent crime is down in Atlantic City. Well, my, my, my famous saying used to be, would you let your mother walk down Atlantic Avenue at 8 o'clock at night carrying a purse? Now it's, would you let your grandmother or your mother walk down Atlantic Avenue at 12 in the afternoon? Yeah. You know, our police officers, I believe, this is my belief, George Tibbetts' alone belief, is that 
they screwed over our police department and and um, Terribly. lowered the amount of men that we have in our department, and they've done everything and won't. They refuse to accept the fact that they were wrong. We need more police on the street. Our police are spread out too thin. When you look at our numbers, they never. It seems like they don't want to take into fact that people get hurt, people get sick, uh, people have vacation days, people have sick days, you know, people have personal days. Yeah. We are so understaffed, Harry. And and a big problem is, is we have a lot of very good young officers, but those officers have to be trained by older guys. You have to have a healthy mix of retirees and coming in, a well-balanced one, so that as your young ones come in, your senior guys are teaching them. We don't have that. Our people are leaving in droves to go to other departments. We, we have to go to the break. I'm going to slip this in. If you want to comment on the other side of the break, the time is yours. I know this because obviously I'm the identical twin brother of a retired Atlantic City police officer, former president of the PBA. In fact, as far as I know, there are only two-time uh, PBA president of two different cities, Ventnor and Atlantic City. Uh, so I know what I speak here on this. Atlantic City was always the department that if you were at another neighboring department, you were trying, you were moving to Atlantic City, you were maneuvering, you were taking the test, you were doing everything you could to get onto the Atlantic City Police Department. Uh, now you have people in Atlantic City leaving to go to other departments. Absolutely. That is a fact. And I'd like you to comment on, that, comment on that when we come back, because to me, that's an obvious proof of a degradation that has happened. And I do believe a lot of it was how the Atlantic City Police Department got screwed and how long it takes on this step guide. Some people won't get to top pay until like 20 years. It's, it's truly disgraceful what was done. It's got to be corrected. Uh, we'll be back with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. I am. Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Thank you. Welcome back. It's uh, 52 minutes past the hour. Uninterrupted until the top of the hour. We're expecting Dr. Mark Newkirk first half of the next hour and then much, much anticipated wide open forum for the second half of today's final hour of the program. We're visiting with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet, and right before the break, I made a comment that I believe is incontrovertible forever, it seemed, decades, my entire career, and even before then, uh, you would have people clamoring to want to be an Atlantic City police officer. They would take a job at another department knowing that they would be working towards getting to Atlantic City if they could. Now we have Atlantic City police officers leaving Atlantic City to go to other area police departments. Council President, that was never the case. Uh, yeah, it was never the case, and it's very concerning because we have people moving in uh, one-bedroom places to and yeah. do whatever it took whatever it to took. be on a, an AC fireman or an AC uh, policeman. And uh, now it's kind of the opposite when I'm seeing my top brass my most experience, first opportunity, you know, getting poached and by it, all the surrounding communities. And that because, really hurts, yeah, that experience, that trained experience. Yes, yes, Harry. I mean, um, we have a lot of great young people, but you have to have a balance of experience to teach those people as well. Just what, what, can, what can be done? Because years ago, as an Atlantic State police officer, you would get to top pay within three years. That was extremely desirable. Then it was moved to seven. 
Now it's they say 19, but it's really 20 from what I've been told from insiders, the way that that it's worked out. It's more like 20. Yeah, how can you work a whole career before you get to top pay? That's not fair. No, Harry, and you know what? This started, believe it or not, it started in 2000. 2000 at the AC Moose Lodge, I remember. And um, they were in there talking, and it was basically, screw the unborn, we don't negotiate for those that aren't there. Yeah. Well, I'm Roofers Local 30 guy, and the number one thing we did was we, we renegotiated for those that weren't there because they're the ones that are going to be paying into the pension yep. while, while you know, when there we you go, go to retire. And you had to have, like, on my roof, I had to have young, healthy backs, strong guys and ladies, too, who we had. And I also had to have that older guy that wasn't as strong and but had experience, but had the experience to teach them. So you have to have that healthy balance. But you um, never want to screw the future. And that's what they did. 18 years is who the hell would want to do that? You know, in any trade, any real union, any real union out there, you're three to five years in an apprenticeship program. And then a mechanic's a mechanic is a mechanic, whether you're 20 years on the job or you're six years on the job, same pay, same experience. You're, and, and if you look at all the rules and regulations, you have to be able to do every aspect of a police or fire person that the job entails, or you can't be one. So it isn't like uh, you know they're not capable. Where do you see most of, the, most of your younger people get put in the worst uh, busiest spots, right? Yeah. So, so you know, yeah, you have to have that healthy balance. So, but to say that they're not worth as much when they're putting their lives on the line is is kind of insane. But we've gotten to this throughout government where we're going to balance budgets. We're going to balance budgets on the backs of the new people coming in. It has to be a proper risk reward uh, a system, just like you do with all the building trades. If we could do it in the building trades, I'm really surprised by some of our leaders that were leaders in the building trades that supported this type of thing, especially when you have people in in police and fire uh, that put their life on the line. Yeah, every day isn't dangerous, but the day that it is could be your last day. I totally agree with that statement. George Tibbet, the Atlantic City Council President, is our guest for the next four minutes. Let's stay on police. We only have a few minutes and then there'll be a lot to talk about the next time that you're here. And we talked enough about the ballot question. You're in favor of it. The mayor is opposed to it. He's going to speak at 1030 um, and, and, and do what he typically does. And that's lie because he has no facts. Uh, so he has to make stuff up. Uh, we've given you that we've given you the um, the preview of what he's going to say today because we already we've already heard it all. Uh, and it's it's not fact based or anything. But it's obviously the mayor's job, the executive, and he, without a director of public safety, he is the director of public safety. He's been a terrible mayor. He's been a terrible director of public safety. What do you think needs to be done? I mean, if we say just we need more people, uh, but I want to go beyond that. What needs to be done so that Atlantic City does not take on this reputation as deadwood? First and foremost, state has to get either get on board or get out of the way when it comes to these needle exchanges, uh, sending people here from all over the state, mainly all over the region, the tri-state area, sending the people here, allow us to send them back. Get out of the way and let us clean our city up. Get, let us pay the proper pay scale to a police officer to have risk reward match each other so that and so that we can attract the best of the best get the money get the proper training for these guys sometimes the proper training doesn't come yeah. within sometimes you have to be man enough to know to go out and, and and get some of the top 
there's a lot of tier one operators out there right now teaching a lot of police departments how to do, uh, how to train their guys. Uh, you look at you know, Steve Fulop. You look at his ready response, his shooting response that he's been doing with SEAL teams, mm-hmm. people that own um, uh, 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 protection agencies and things of like that where they come in and they help brush up your local police department on some of the things that they've experienced in Ramadi and Afghanistan and places like that. Take advantage of that type of stuff and get the guys the best training that is possibly out there. Um, we are we – are, Towards destination, and and you know the people I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, thousands, Harry, thousands and thousands of people that I get to talk to, and I always ask, what did you like about the city? I never say, what could we do to make it better? I always say. It's always like, no, I say, what can we do to make it better? What's, I never say what's bad about it. I can't bring myself to ever say that, even though I know the bad. And, and a lot of it is is homelessness, drugs. Yeah. Uh, turn our police officers loose. If it means taking those uh, cam quarters and turning them backwards to get the job done, then that's what we got to do. Because now the drugs, the homeless... The needles. That is funny. The violence. That is funny. We're the violence. We're recording the good guys. The violence that's happening has now hit our neighborhoods. Yeah. It's down to Arctic. It's down to Fairmont Avenue. I it's know. in our neighborhoods. It's back by Bader Field. It's everywhere. Everything I've been screaming like a like an idiot up there screaming that is going to happen to the city of Atlantic City. It's happening. They're in our neighborhoods now. The casinos want them gone, yes. but they want them gone at the expense of putting them in our neighborhoods. You know, we gotta. We have to get these people home to their families, Harry, not in the streets of Atlantic City. The drugs are running rampant. Our police, all law enforcement hands right now, their hands are tied. The war we're fighting right now with, Afga- with uh, China and Mexico, the fentanyl that's coming in. Fentanyl does not care what color you are, yeah. what, what financial background you come from. It's killing our children. Every day, people are dying in record numbers from this fentanyl. And we have to turn law enforcement loose to fight this problem. Oh, let's see. Uh, Dr. Newkirk is unavailable. I just got word, so let's mix it up next. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Well, Dr. Newkirk was very, very kind to send me a text that I caught just at the end of the last hour. Uh, he's in surgery, so we're just going to pick up next week with Dr. Newkirk. Uh, also, he asked me to remind you that the um, the fifth year of the Egg Harbor Township Dog Park celebration is on October 8th. They're on the web, ehtdogpark.com, uh, and we told him we would help promote that, and we, we just did. Uh, Council, Council President Tibbet has agreed to stay for a little bit longer, and so we can go back now because it is timely. Uh, the ballot question on November 8th, I think based on sort of the mayor's reaction to all of this, I think he feels that it's going to pass. I don't know what goes through his head. I don't know what he thinks. Um, what I do know is that regardless of how you feel about this question, we as leaders should not be trying to divide the city, especially using race as a way 
to uh, divide the city with this question. There's no win or loss worth destroying no. your city because there's life after an election. Yeah, I call it burning the house down to rule the ashes. It's and, really, and, really bad. You said something last hour that is very memorable to me, and I made a mental note to commit it to memory. And that was your breakdown. I want you to repeat that because there could be new new listeners that did not hear that in the last hour. They may have come into the interview um, and missed it even last hour and are still here this hour. Give that breakdown that you gave of the um, United Nations of, of, of signers of this petition. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, the, the, let, let's do the uh, census, the census of Atlantic City. 34% Hispanics, uh, Latin, Latin Latinos, um, 32% African American, 19% white, and all the rest is other Bangladesh, Pakistani, Hindi, Vietnamese, Chinese, you know, is, is, is I do want to say, say something real quick before you go to the other breakdown that I found fascinating. You don't hear anybody say this, but it would be a plurality, not a majority. But in terms of plurality, Hispanic is the most dominant ethnicity in Atlantic City. Uh, under this current census, yes. And, uh, and I tell people, you know, if 19%, I'll use my, my I'm a Caucasian white. Um, well, if 19% is white, that means that 81% is not. If yeah. 34% is Spanish, then 66% is not. There is no dominant race in Atlantic City. We all have to work together. We all have to put the best message out to get the support of every background. And, and we are in a unique position to show that all people of all races can work together yeah. and support what's good for the overall, not divide, not to say this one's better, that one's better. We're not in the 1960s. If you look, Harry, right now, how many pure races are left? Not many, and not many people of it's these true. individual races. I have Spanish granddaughters, Colombian granddaughters that are Colombian and Italian. You know, there's I have half black, half white nephews. You know, another 10 years from now, we're all intermingled that there isn't going to be any I'm this, I'm that. There's going to be very few people that can say I'm this because we're all going to be mixed in some way. Because why? Because the younger generations aren't buying into us old heads what we try and push out there to keep separate so that we can advance. We are people, you sit across the table and talk to somebody, they're a person. They're yeah, not we're, a person. We're all Italian, Americans. Irish, this. We're all Americans. We're Americans, and that's all that matters. So important what you're saying. Now break down, though, because and the reason we're doing this, it's not to say one moment, let's be inclusive, and the next moment we're giving exclusive numbers. No, not at all. Uh, Mayor Small is actually calling people racist. It's disgusting. Well, I don't know if it's Mayor Smalls or people around him, so I just well, don't, don't want okay, to. Yeah. I, I, have been, I have been told that he has called people racist. Well, I, I haven't so, heard that, so I'm going to be okay, well, that's fine. But, but, fair and truthful throughout. Right, well, okay. Will, will, will you go this far? Somebody's calling somebody racist. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I've been called it quite a bit. Yeah, okay, I yeah, just want to make sure. It does, that, you know, yeah. it, I don't care if it's him, it's, yeah. but it's happening. I think it is him. But but I'll go, I just I'll, don't want this to be a me against him thing because it's not that it's bigger a, than him it's and it's definitely bigger than me. I respect it. I respect it a lot. Uh, but the reason we're giving the breakdown is because people, good people who are not racists, are being called racists. 
Explain who has signed the petition. Well, from the numbers that I counted, I, I stopped after a certain amount. From what I counted, there was over over 500, close to 600 South Asians, which would be Bangladesh, Pakistanis, and uh, Hindi people that have signed a petition. Over 1,000 black people that have signed a petition. I only counted about 300 white Republicans that signed it. I couldn't find more than that, and I found that to be very interesting because the Republicans want to take over the city. The Republicans want to take over the city. Like, no, the Republicans are a very small part of the city and if republicans and, 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 can want to take over the moon they can't do it if they don't have the support and that's this, keeping with these numbers we could all still smallest, vote in november yeah to not let republicans take over the county the state or the country you vote your heart however you want to do it and guess what and if we win some races as democrats and we lose some races as republican when it's over you got to work together to get the funding and get the things that we need for our atlantic county and atlantic city whenever there's a ballot question here's what i'm a big fan of i'm a big big fan of education. I'm a big fan of not putting your thumb on the scale. I'm a big fan of not lying to people and trying to scare people and misrepresenting what something is. That's why all I've done with this is I've written articles and I've spoken about it on air. On occasion, I've interviewed uh, Andra on on a number of occasions. Uh, And I look at it this way. Let people know there is a question If you want to return to the former government, which is the same mayor council form of government, nothing changes in that regard, but just your election will be in May and people will run as people and not as Democrats and Republicans, then you're going to vote yes. If you like it the way that it is and you want to vote Republican and Democrat and have all that, you're going to vote no. And I'm a big fan of just let the people decide. You don't have to lie and say racist are behind it and Palestina and Purdy uh, are behind it. I mean, just let the people have the facts and let them decide. And and, and let's be real here. This is a Jim Whalen endorsed style government. Jim Whalen, the hero, Atlantic City's hero, Jim Whalen. He endorses this style. This is what he always wanted. This is what he wanted to go back to. And, and, and Harry, let's, let's, let's put, let's make the record straight. George Tibbet never endorsed any Republican as a Democrat. I've never went out and worked and got votes for Republican and got paid for Republicans by Republicans to go get votes in Atlantic City. I work with Republicans when they're elected to office for the betterment of the people. But there's those that did endorse Republicans that are, are calling us. Are, there are those that got paid by Republicans are you that are about, accusing me, got paid by the same Vince Palestina that I'm are, friends are you with talking about and Ernest in a picture Corsi? with. Are you talking about Ernest Corsi? Well, you'd have to ask him if he was one of the ones that okay. got paid. Okay. They're not. But I know there's a whole lot of people that did get paid. And I'm in a picture with Don Guardian and Vince Palestina, which I happen to be friends with. And... And well, I, they never paid me. Well, Marty Small endorsed on Guardians. Well, well <laughs> don't, don't tell me because I feel a certain way about a certain government that now I got to be a certain party. I, I'm 54 years old. Two thirds of my life are over, Harry. And you look at things different. You look at things. How am I leaving this place? For my children, my grandchildren, and my nieces, my nephews, and all the children around. How am I going to leave this place? There ain't nobody out there. There isn't anybody out there going to tell me how I have to vote, how I have to think. Well, why is Marty allowed to endorse the Republican Don Guardian? And he did so enthusiastically in the whole case that the whole ballot question is about. It's because it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's about what's 
right. Uh, and I believe he went further. I didn't put it in my piece because I'm not going to play his racial games. But he also said it's not about black. It's not about white, didn't he? Yes, and Marty was right. Yes, and Marty was right about that. So I encourage. But he doesn't. He, but he doesn't that agree. was his decision. But Council President, he doesn't agree with himself yeah. today. Yep. Well, Marty was right. He was right for doing what he thought was best. And in the end, Marty was right about the candidate that he was supporting yeah. the Republican over. I know. So, so and, and I was I, on kudos the same, to Marty. I was on the same page, but he doesn't agree with himself now. Harry, let's face it. It's all about control, and now. For years, Marty was never in control. He has very good influence over the Atlantic City Committee, and I don't blame him for fighting to try and keep it. He should fight to keep it. Well, it didn't used to be in his best interest, but now it is. Well, like and I said— I, I write that in my piece. It I'm going to say it again. It is selfishly in his best interest to Harry, keep it the way I'm it is now. I'm going to say it again. Marty was right when he made those statements, you don't have to vote for the Democratic line, vote for Don Guardian. Marty was right. We were wrong. So that I was wrong on who I supported. So that would make him wrong today, then, right? Well, if he's against it, I, I, he has his opinion, and I have mine. Fair I enough. feel putting it into but people's hands. But if he was hands. right then, he can't be right now. Well, he oh, well he's that's flipped. obvious. Yes. All right, we're going to come right back when we come back. Johnny X, who is no wilting violet, uh, the man speaks his mind. And he'll do so in just a few minutes when we come back. With Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet, I am respectfully yours. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Sean Hannity this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. And Johnny X is going to join us in just a moment. Uh, Citizen of Atlantic City, former candidate for city council and of course business owner in atlantic city owner of ducktown tavern uh and they have in the past full disclosure been a really incredible sponsor of the early in the morning charity golf open and the hats were probably the best we ever had uh we always have hats or visors but they were embroidered it was just beautiful what johnny did i mean what he does is always top shelf first class all the way we're going to get him on in just a second as no doubt everybody listens. I keep my phone. It's not on silent, and it's ding, ding, ding. At one point during the last hour and 20 minutes, I had 27 different messages that I hadn't had a chance to respond to. Council President, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. One of the messages I received, and I can't, I can't prove it. I don't know it to be true. I remember Corsi, you know, at certain Republican events and things like that, and there was a whole okey-doke and stuff going on. But I, I, I've gotten more than one communication in the past hour that says they actually worked for Don Guardian on his campaign. Do you know if that's true? Well, we all know they supported him. I know they supported him. Um, but it's a difference it, it, between getting paid yeah. and working on the campaign and coming out and supporting. I think it's hilarious that somehow you're in the doghouse for being in a picture. But they've formally endorsed Republicans. Let me correct you. Okay, go ahead. I'm in nobody's doghouse. Okay. I'm in the penthouse, Harry. All right. I'm, in the, it, it, I'm on the it, side it, of the people. I said their doghouse. I'm, I'm messing with yeah, you. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good, though. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. their doghouse. Yeah. And, 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 Harry, good for them if they did. Good for them. They have a choice. They are grown-ass men, and they get the opportunity to support who they feel is the best. And in that situation, again, 
they were right for not supporting the Democrat and supporting the Republican. Marty was right. How many times do I got to say it? But what's crazy about this, though, he went so much further. This is a ballot question that isn't at all about crossing party lines. This is about a decision about the format of the government, keeping it the same but deciding whether you want people to run as people or as Democrats and Republicans. They actually supported Republicans over the Democrat. They're, they should have been kicked out of their own clubs and, and out, of, out of the county organization. And, and at the end of the day, Harry, I took friends with pe- took a picture with people that I was friendly with. Yeah. They worked for him. That's, they worked for him. So, Mike th- Suleiman, I know you're listening. You know I love you to death and I work my butt off for you and I got a great deal of respect. Never forget, they worked for the enemy. I was friendly with them. And work with them after elections were over, like you're supposed to do. And took a picture. And took a picture with good people. Joining our coverage, Johnny X of Atlantic City. Johnny, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Mr. President, how are you? Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. I just wanted to say how awesome it is that Council President um, is now has a broader view uh, of, of politics and policies. Not that I'm the guru, but um, just awesome how change is, is definitely needed now. Um, it's not about the left or the right. You know, it's about how do we get Atlantic City on the map? And I'm speaking from the in- investment side of it as, you know, we were the first town to, to, to bring in gaming. You know, yes, we're still respectably a billion-dollar entity, but you know, with that comes a joke. Um, last night I will send a cartoon of um, uh, the family guy on, you know, them coming to Atlantic City. You know, then of course of the week I got people sending me stuff, you know, on uh, look at the crime, look at this, look at that. Never, never, ever since I lived here, since, since I moved here in 99 um, for, from Brigantine, have I seen such negative press and um lack of uh, of, of, of first responders for the city you know we, we were a town that we were the first responders for the county itself no matter what the situation was good or bad you know we were leaned on but I think there there, there was a sense of um now uh, pride that you know that we still feel that we got to do certain things and we can't I think we need to clean up our house you know, getting people back on the streets, um, directing money towards the fire and police departments and um, and evacuation for, for, for natural disasters to where, you know, we got to take care of our own and make sure our tourists who are very, very instrumental because we wouldn't be the billion-dollar business we are without them. You know, New York is now bringing gaming. Philadelphia has it. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the, the cusp of going non-smoking. Now, I, I do smoke. I smoke cigars. I don't smoke cigarettes. But those in the casino business need to understand. I'm sure they understand, but if they don't, they need to be educated. You know, if we are the first state to do this, we will lose double-digit percentages in revenue. And that means less tips and less everything else. So uh, these other states, I'm sure, will follow suit but AC can't be the first person to jump on this. You know, I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying be the first people to jump into the pool about this. And I think this is where George excels having a business mindset over some other people who always 
and only ever had government jobs to be on that, well, what do we do if we're not getting our revenue from gratuity, from people thanking us for providing good service, so on and so forth. So, John, let me, let me ask you a question as, as a business owner and a very active business owner. I mean, you're, you're there. You're physically observing all of this, and you comment publicly on it on your social media as well. Can you ever recall a time when there has been so much violent crime going on? Brazen. No. Daylight violent crime. Well, that I, I'll one-up you as well. Whenever have we not seen a public official come out and say something about it? You know, I mean, no, no one's come out and addressed any of this in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a format of, you know, the, the comfort everybody. You know, I mean, you look at other cities. I'm not saying AC is the only place that's got crime. But, yeah. I mean, you have... John, this I'm, I'm only interrupting you because I want to uh, commend you for a very good point. In all the other examples, you have mayors who talk to their residents regularly about the violence and what they're doing to stop it. You don't hear anything from this guy. Marty Small is about the next Eagles game he's going to uh, or his basketball court in his backyard uh, or whatever. But it's not about hey, this is what we're going to do. This is unacceptable. Uh, there are shootings just about every day now, and this is going to stop, and this is what we're going to do about it. You, you don't hear anything, do you? No, and I think he also handicaps the chiefs of the, of the, of the, of the, of the uh, police and fire department not to say anything at all because I'm sure, listen, I grew up with Jimmy. I don't agree with him all the time. You know, but I grew up with him. I know he's a stand-up guy. You know, same thing with Chief Evans. You know, I've, I've known him a little bit less, but I've known him. I, I think he's handicapping him from even addressing it because that shows camaraderie and support to, to their troops, respectfully, that, you know, all right, my leader is on it. He's publicly announcing it. I mean, look at Jim Kenny when they, when they hit the Christopher Columbus statue in Philadelphia. He didn't call anyone a political opportunist or or this, that, and the third or whatever. He took it on the chin, you know. No other mayor in the history is going out and attack the constituents. Yeah, this, that, that's a good point, John. Attacking constituents, whether it was uh, Dredgy Wood or whatever other example, you know, we could come up with in, in, in five seconds' time. The, the fortunate thing right now is Will Reynolds, the Atlanta County prosecutor, is getting it done. His team is motivated. They are going after the guns. They're going after the drugs. They're going after the pedophiles. They're going after it. Uh, they're, they're sometimes bringing the locals along with them uh, because they have no choice at that point. But there is something going on. The mayor is a passive mayor when it comes to all this violence that's happening. John, a quick final comment, then we have to go, we have to, go to break. Everybody, vote with your head, not with your wallet. Look at the new direction we're going into. Look at the example council president setting. You know, use your head. Do the right thing for the city. Do the right thing for your families down the future. Harry, thank you. George, thank you. Appreciate you guys' time. Good to talk to you, Johnny X. We're going to be right back. Let me share something, and we'll get the uh, council president to comment after the break. This is a very classy comment. I've received uh, a comment, and it's a public comment, from New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina, the distinguished senator from the 2nd District. 
and he sent to me profiles in courage from George. Everyone should admire that he is just a regular person doing what he believes in regardless of party or BS political implications. Senator Vince Palestina weighing in on this important discussion that we're having today with George Tibbet and yours truly. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 34 minutes past the hour with Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. I am Hurley in the morning. You're listening to WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. All because of you. And we not only recognize it, we, we celebrate you and we appreciate you for it. I want to repeat what Senator Palestina said uh, because I think it's extraordinary leadership on his part as, as senator. Uh, and I remind our listening audience that Marty Small is the first mayor in Atlantic City history to not have a rapport, not have a relationship with the senator. The senator from the second district is it's it's like I've always called it like a super senator because of the the largest uh, industry, the casino industry, and all the other aspects of the second district. It's a super senator position. And whether the senator was a Democrat or a Republican, the mayor, a Republican or a Democrat, the the senator always has had a relationship with the mayor of Atlantic City in every single era that we could possibly imagine. Bader and Farley, uh, Whalen and Gormley, uh, Guardian and whoever, uh, it, it just um, it just is necessary. It's so necessary. Uh, are you concerned I know you're going out of your way to, 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 to be so kind and polite to somebody that's extremely unkind to you. Um, and I respect you for it, Council President Tibbet. But this is a real problem. I'm going to share the senator's comment in a second, but I want to ask the question first. I think it's a real problem that Marty Small, the mayor of Atlantic City, doesn't speak to Senator Palestina, who has on multiple occasions reached out to try to, um, you know, to change that uh, I know that Senator Palestina has a great relationship with city council. Uh, are you concerned about that? And if not, you should be. I'm not concerned one bit because none of us are above what's going to get done for the betterment of the people of Atlantic City. I mean, the city, Work together. Here's what I'm saying. You should, you We're should, going to get it done one way or another. I know, but you should be concerned because the city of Atlantic City is under state takeover. Yep. Palestina is the senator at the state level. Mm-hmm. To not have a rapport, to me, is... I, I just think it's it's terrible. Well, let me give you an example. Harry, I've been so obsessed as council president to prove to the state of uh, New Jersey that we could do our jobs and uh, it doesn't have to be some of the freak shows that you've seen in the past with mayor and council, yeah. council meetings and stuff. I've been so obsessed with proving that that I've made a few a few mistakes when I should have spoke up, I didn't speak up all. Because you wanted to keep peace I, I, and I, decor. I want to keep peace and, and, and show. I, I want to get, I want it council to have all its authorities back. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've been making great strides at that. They see that there's a, you hear from the state that they see there's some good business-minded people up there. People that ask good questions that aren't always the most popular people. So, Harry, I'm not one bit concerned. Fo- follow up, though. Follow up. 
I remember when Chris Christie was the governor and there was a state takeover and people like Marty Small talked all kinds of smack, had all this to say. Now he's mayor and, and a Democrat administration is in and you never hear one complaint about the state. And I, I think you can make the case, and he's my friend, and I, I, don't, I don't say this critically, I say it just to be the truth in broadcasting. Governor Murphy and his administration, I think they've had far more uh, oversight and and um, almost suffocation at times over Atlantic City than they ever did when Christie was the governor. No? Uh, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you there. Um, the mayor's position and council's position. Um, Wasn't it they, supposed they, to end, though? Wasn't it supposed it, to oh, end? It was definitely supposed to end. Uh, but, but it didn't. Um, they, they, and, and let's face it, there's some Republicans involved in uh, Riccadella, Brown, uh, what's this guy? Uh, oh, what's escaping me? The guy from Summers Point. You know I love him. They're, they're giving they're Wait, giving wait, wait, us, wait, wait. You just, they're giving, you, let me finish and then you go. All right. Um, they're allowing council and mayor to make all the decisions. And if there's something that's controversial, they'll debate it with us. They'll go over the facts back and forth, let us make a decision. But they always have final say. But only two times that I can remember that they've overridden anything on us in, in the last since Christie did this, I could think of two times that they've over, ever overridden us, and they get out of the way and they let us run the city. Sometimes I wish, you, you know, this Sheila and I, she, Lieutenant Governor, have a understanding that there is no more Sheila said. If Sheila doesn't send it's the Lieutenant Governor, Miss Oliver, uh, I apologize for uh, I call her Sheila in person. She likes, she she's fine with it, but I want to give her proper respect when the Lieutenant Governor knows. Sheila Oliver didn't say nothing. We don't care what Sheila says unless Sheila says it to us or Sheila's representative comes directly to us. No more Sheila said. Oh. The governor said. No yeah. more the state said. No, it has to come from them direct because things started getting a little, uh, let's, let, let's just say, controlling a city council through the state. And yeah. then when you corner the and, state, and maybe, maybe the, steward, the state, the state was is misrepresented. Saying, the state was definitely misrepresented, and it's my goal for the next three years. See, people don't understand. Council president doesn't mean nothing to me if you have to sell your soul. I am still going to be George if I'm not council president. I'm not going to be council president forever. Somebody else is going to get a turn at some point. But I've changed the way council presidency are. The council president works for the council people. Council president is not the boss. I am only as strong as my council people. Never forget that. I've had council members up, council presidents up there that think they're King Tut. Multiple. I've changed that. The council members are all collectively or the boss. I'm only as strong as them. I'm as strong as my men and women up there. And if I'm, if they're not strongly behind me, then I'm not strong. It's that simple, Harry. But that job means nothing to me if I have to sell my soul. So Marty Small just got called uh, King Todd. That's a good one. I'm, teasing. You did say it. I, I'm just teasing. Well, you I know, wanna, Harry, just before you go, Harry, yeah. this isn't about Marty and I, I today. Understand. This is about me saying how I feel this government is good, and I don't want to get off track, but and you I know, don't want people to make it about I Marty but and I. I, you, I want it. This is the best government for yeah, Atlantic City. Yeah. This is the way to move forward. This is how you take outside money 
and you don't let them influence the outcomes of these races. This is how you let your next door neighbor that is a successful business person that spends all his time working and not enough time rubbing elbows at dinners to get that party line. It takes all that out there and it opens the field to a lot of great people to make a difference. This is great. Your presentation is sobering. It's mature. It's great. It's leadership. I love it. It's all the things that Palestina said that I'm going to recite in just a moment for those who didn't hear me say it the first time. Uh, But I know that on the seventh floor right now, getting ready to go to his um, press conference in a little bit, uh, and when Marty gets, you know, going and upset, he gets the high voice starts Mm -hmm. squeaking in, uh, and he's he's right now spitting nails. George George is telling the truth about me. So you know that's going on right now. Uh, It's happening. Senator Palestina has said profiles encourage from George. This is over today's appearance in real time. Everyone should admire that he is just a regular person doing what he believes in, regardless of party or BS political implications. It's a great comment it is. from the it, senator. Yes, it is. It's, and I, I thank him. And um, it's very humbling. And that comes from a guy that he never paid me to work for him. The others did. He never paid. You know, I never got out there and worked his campaign or nothing. The others did. But I'm a bad guy because I'm friendly and I work with the other side when it's time to work because I'm in a picture with a person that I'm friendly with. I'm fr- uh, you know, Don Guardian's in the picture. They, they support it. You know, that's, that's what I'm not going to do. I'm yeah. going to always tell the people of Atlantic City, this is why I believe in the, the change of the form of government. It's still mayor council. It's just when the race is, and you're taking out the big money that influences these races. Of, and, and, and what happens is, is you and I, the taxpayers, we get screwed with the high price of contracts, the bad services and stuff, because we're giving contracts to people that have donated a fortune. Yeah. Newsflash. But not we're taking- going, No, newsflash, yeah. Harry. Breaking news. Yeah. Council is going to put back on, for a vote, an ordinance to bring back campaign finance reform. That was taken off a couple years ago. It's needed. It must be done. We can't have outsiders donating tons of money for outcomes of these campaigns. We don't have campaign finance reform anymore. And it needs to be back on the books. Take that to the state and talk them into saying no to campaign finance. I want to see someone from the state tell me we can't do campaign finance report. I want that person's name that says I can't do it. Uh, look before 12 noon, ladies and gentlemen. You will see a um, an article under my byline uh, with that um, declarative, uh, de- dramatic comment. You know, I was thinking about earlier in the hour when I was thinking about how public safety hasn't been taken care of the way that they should by Marty Small. Marty Small, and I wouldn't put the fire union or anybody else on the spot here, but I know this is accurate and at the time, I remember reporting about it. Marty Small wrote a letter to then Assemblyman Mazio. He went against the legislation that your firemen supported involving civil service, collective bargaining, restoration of perk under MSRA, all of that. Marty went against public safety. That was, and, and I'm trying to think. Did they endorse him in the last election, which would just be amazing to me if that happened. We're going to take our final break. We're going to be right back 
uh, in the midst of this extended, this would have never happened if what we were uh, scheduled to do had taken place. But Dr. Newkirk is in surgery this hour. That is major breaking news that Council President Tibbet, are you going to sponsor it yourself? Absolutely. Okay. I know you can approve it to be on the agenda. Council President Tibbet is going to be sponsoring, and that would be an ordinance? That would have to be, I believe it's an ordinance. Again. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. So. Minimum resolution, but I think an ordinance. Yeah. Uh, to put on the books in Atlantic City proper campaign finance reform, and boy, that would change the game. That would really change the game. The given you get would be completely obliterated if this happens. It it makes it so much easier for the everyday working Joe to be involved in politics. People can't raise the kind of money when you're part of a team. Would you, because sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Denny Levinson. I I would absolutely use the counties. uh, uh, There you go. That's my plan to go look at that. We had one on the books up to a year and a half ago. You don't even have to reinvent anything. The county, the Atlantic County campaign finance reform is the model. You don't have to do anything. I believe we adopted the county's reform. Is it, po- is it possible? Because I would call it political corruption. If, if, if you, is it possible you might not get five votes for that on city council? There's races coming up in May. I mean, or maybe June. Yeah. So you get six people to vote against campaign finance report. Have at it. <sighs> You'll answer to the public after that. And tell the public why you don't want to limit how much money people could give to a campaign tell people why explain that to them we will be back in just a little bit don't go away 46 minutes past the hour we're going to close out the program with atlantic city council president george tibbet who dropped a blockbuster on the show uh that campaign finance reform legislation will be proposed uh and and now i know now i know marty small is crying the, the he he is He is wailing at a frequency that only dogs can hear. We will be back in just a few moments. This is Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Help the Tunnel to Towers Foundation do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's heroes. Heroes like Misotas Familia who couldn't wait to join the NYPD to protect her community. She proudly wore her uniform, but was ambushed and shot in the head in the line of duty, solely for the uniform she wore. She is survived by three children, who received a mortgage-free home from Tunnel to Towers. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. And now a small business setback, as assessed by a beloved family pediatrician. Oh, hey, Tiger. Big scary tree branch, give your work truck a boo-boo. Yeah. Wow. See this thing on my phone here? It's the Progressive Mobile app. Just push that little button there and report your claim. Attaboy. When owning a small business gets painful, Progressive Commercial is here to make it all better. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. <gasps> What's this? Candy drawer. Who wants a lollipop? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Coverage subject to policy terms and conditions. Photo claims not available in all states or situations. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM, 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Thank you, great one. It's 52 minutes past the hour. Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet. In terms of, um, because it's easy to talk about people getting shot it's easy to talk about the city needs to be cleaner. Uh, I, I'm a big fan that, that light is a great disinfectant, disinfectant. So I was always a big fan of the Atlantic City Electric, Atlantic City uh, lighting 
concept because that, I think, is very helpful. Uh, anything that's lit up, I'm a big fan of tearing down vacant buildings that are dilapidated. Uh, Jim Whalen was also uh, big on that because I think that also is very helpful. Are there things that could be getting done that would be helpful that for whatever reason, because either politics is is Meshuggah right now, that it's not getting done? Anything low-lying fruit that could be picked that's not getting done? Harry, what I see the problem is, is, and this is nationwide, getting employees. We have a lot of positions to fill, a lot of positions that we're allowed to hire in public works. Um, we've been doing a lot of really big events out on Bader Field. And unfortunately, sometimes if Bader Field's messed up uh, from a monster event, if you have public works out cleaning there, then the city's not getting clean. So we're having a problem like everybody else in this country of uh, getting getting employees and let's in uh you know thirty thousand dollars people forget you know the average person don't understand business that a thirty thousand dollar employee costs you sixty thousand when you do their benefit package yeah, sure so you know people only see what's in their envelope they don't see the actual if you don't do the actual cost of a person you go bankrupt real quick you're out sure. of business yeah so you know we we are facing those problems in atlantic city of uh getting people hired and uh, and finding finding help, uh, and uh, you know, so I'm not going to let the administration take any fault of that. Um, it's it's a nationwide problem. So I've always said, and we we call it like it is on this program, even even if it involves friends, because Governor Murphy and I we're not fake friends, we're real friends, and I've talked to him as recently as yesterday, as a matter of fact, on the passing of Governor Florio, who also was a friend that uh, was very good to me. Uh, and I was very sad, uh, but he did have a great long life, 85 mm-hmm. years and a great American. Uh, so I remember when Governor Murphy was first running and it was a disgrace. Chris Christie took over the state and we're going to end that. But they never ended it. And I, I still say they actually poured it on even more. We disagree on that. You say it's less. I think they, they poured it on more. When is the day where the city of Atlantic City gets its big boy pants back on stands on its own two feet and is not controlled by the state. And it's just like every other city in in New Jersey where the state is available for extraordinary circumstances, but not overseeing the city in a takeover mode. Um, Is that day soon? Harry, on a rare occasion, this is one of those times I'm going to really – be disciplined and keep quiet because there are things and major changes coming that there would be no need for them to be here. But me, myself, would always like to see, just like we're going to get out of this trouble, uh, there's a potential to get out of this trouble, things that are happening, um, that I would always want some type of oversight. Well, oversight. Let me double down. So Let me um, double down. I would never want them to – I would want – I don't want them making decisions for us, but large transactions and things, I would definitely want oversight forever uh, to, to protect the people and, and not just this administration, any administration Is in that the ex- future. Isn't that extraordinary though? That, that, that shouldn't be forever. But let me, let me tell you what I'm thinking about with Look this. Look at the history. Could Atlantic City, if the state left today – and you, ne- you no longer got the transitional aid that they have been providing. And that's been very helpful, obviously, to the city and to the school. 
if that transitional aid no longer was provided in the manner that it has been, because after all, the state's taking it over, so they kind of own it. And if you own it, you can't get away with breaking it and, and leaving. So they're responsible for these investments that they've been making that are above and beyond what it would be if Atlantic City could self-govern. Could, the, could Atlantic City operate today without the transitional aid that the state has been providing technically transitional aid is very low right now but if you say all aid that comes yes. in, absolutely not we need the state but let's be fair let's be fair that aid that comes in that comes into the city that we get that we uh, were able to get over the years and with our partners at the state helping us with all the aid that they are given you say thank you, but thank you for my money. That now, well, all the, the money that we send to Trenton, yeah. we have now, and to the mayor's credit, to the mayor's credit, he has been able, with the help of everybody, council, everyone, to get all that money we send to Trenton. We're getting a very big piece of the pie of what we send. We're getting it back. And yes, the city's budget is balanced off of multiple different types of aids. Transitional aid, as you know, is transitional. It gets a little bit less all the time. Now, people will say, um, oh, well, the CRDA has helped balance in your budget. Well, no, no, that's a bunch of BS because when you changed, when the government, the state changed to the pilot mm-hmm. against my will and some others, Part of the pilot was that this is where the funds would come from. So if you didn't do a pilot, then they would be paying their taxes and we wouldn't need that money. But let's go back one other step. CRDA is my tax money. It was invented to make people extremely strong in an extremely uh, low populated area. When we had senators in Atlanta County, Cape May County, you know, our population is very low. We're not very big up in Trenton, but you bring in the CRDA. Now you become one of the most powerful guys out there because you got the pot of gold and the goose that keeps laying golden eggs. So CRDA is the people of Atlantic City's money, the but, park tax, the right. room tax. That's technically our money, but they're here. They're there. You can't blame the people who are there. They've been good partners with us. And over the years, especially the last five to 10 years, have been excellent partners with us. And we hope to keep that uh, working relationship going. But Technically, yeah, the state aid's coming in, but yeah, it's our money that they're giving back. So thank you very much, and uh, you know, give the mayor credit on getting a bigger piece of the pie back. Is is Atlantic City ready to self-govern, Harry? I don't think we're quite there yet. I think uh, I, I I think we're closer. It's a lot better. Um, uh, I I know I'm not gonna put personality in in, in front of a good decision for the people of Atlantic City. Um, there's things that I'm concerned with that I'm not going to go over here right now, but um, we're moving in the right direction. Let's just give it we're moving in the right direction. Hopefully uh, this May election, when, when this thing wins in the May election, we'll get the everyday Joe, more business people involved that we've all been craving to get people involved and not a popularity contest. Individuals that aren't <clears throat> owed, uh, doesn't owe anybody anything. Um, a lot better decisions, a lot more experience will be coming up. We can, I, you know, my opinion is, is when you're done learning, you, it's time to die. I'm going to learn to the day I die. And I'm not one of those egomaniacs that uh, think I know it all. I, my number one trait, I believe, is knowing what I don't know and putting the people around me that do know better than I. The number one goal as a leader to put the best of the best around you, not friends, 
not family, go after the best of the best and you're mayor forever. Now, obviously, thousands of people have signed the petition, so thousands of people know about it. There are other people that are readers of our coverage, listeners of our program, other media that that may be talking about it that I'm not aware of. I think we've covered it better and more uh, extensively than any other member of the media. And, and, And I would ask people listening, if you want to find out how did this start, all you have to do is go, if you Google... Uh, the Lancy Independence Committee or Harry Hurley articles on the change of government petition, you're going to see a lot of very easy, ready reference materials that you can see how this came about, what it's all about, and so on and so forth. Do you, The reason I bring this up is, do you think that this question, because this has been kind of stealth in a way, too. I don't hear a lot of chatter. It almost seems like until today when Marty Small is going to speak, at 1030 because it's scare time now. It's wet your pants time. And and he knows this is very bad news for him, which means it's very good news for everyone else. Um, he wants to keep it the way that it is. So you, you should know what that means. It's not good for you. It's good for him. Uh, so he's going to spin some web of lies today. And I'm sure Palestina and I'll be mentioned and you'll probably be mentioned and people being racist and all these these crazy things that he says. But does the city at large know that this question is even on the ballot, Council President? More people than you think do, and a lot of people that I've spoken to going back and forth debates, um, you, you, you know, some people actually helped me make my decision uh, uh, what they were saying, and uh, now more people than you think uh, know know about this question. No one's buying into that it's Craig, it's the Republicans, it's this, it's that. It's, you're making the playing field a lot easy easier for yeah. the everyday joe let me use an example we all ran, we all just got done running right my ticket and you had three people from the that were running against us and then you had dorsey running yes dorsey worked his butt off out there but he never had a and chance because he, he he had zero chance yeah if you look at the work that the guy did and the time and the effort his family his his group put out there and his numbers were terrible why yeah. one reason and one reason only not for the effort not for his ability not for anything it was because he was affiliated with no group right at all if you're a registered and, and, and democrat that you, you got that registered democrat yeah, column registered the, republican column you yeah. have no chance and that's the point in a, a municipal election you got to get everybody involved, make the playing field as fair as possible so the everyday Joe that goes to work and knows how to run a business and how businesses are run and how to take care of social services and things, real people that have made it in the world yeah. well, that weren't politically involved because they were too busy really doing the job that others claim to think they know, the, 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 they get yeah. involved now, Harry, the, and they yeah. can get involved. Yeah. The sad thing this is, is the greatest thing yeah. for people that want to get involved. It, it stops It stops your low-income person that is smart that fell on board hard times from not being able to get involved because they can't get the money. Now that person can run. And that by person the way, has a better if you, chance. If you get your campaign finance reform, uh, then the people that have power aren't going to be able to my give out contracts. Goal, my ultimate goal is to make this on, you know, I'm getting older. I'm in the last quarter of my, third of my life uh, right now. I like that upgrade. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a good upgrade. Y- y- you know, and it's my job on the way out the door to make this a better place and to make it as easy as possible for everybody. Look at your senses. We are not a dominant town by anybody. We are a true melting pot. And anybody that does anything to try and put one end against another that way 
should be ashamed of themselves and should be thrown out of office if they do that. I hope they what don't do I, what that. What I believe is going to happen is, and it's going to sound like a cliche, but people are going to take back their power. This is a great opportunity this to level like, the playing field. Yeah, this is like the Revolutionary War. It, 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 and peaceful. Tea Party, take it back. No yeah. more, no more retaliating against people. The retaliation stops. That's got to stop, George. It's going to stop. So it's important. real. Yeah, it is real. In this case, I'm a crazy person when it comes to that stuff. It's I a, don't care about the state. Get out of my way. I'm not going to stand by no more. My Harry, my 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 debt, my life debt, I could pay for. Tonight, I can walk out of here and pay for it. Nobody owns me. I don't own nothing, and I'm going to always eat. Nobody's going to hurt me. Nobody is going to retaliate against anybody special to me. Nobody is going to retaliate against my special employees. The amount of employees that are scared to death, it stops. And if it means physically fighting, I'm willing to do it, Harry, because I'm not standing around no more and allowing this stuff to happen. And, yes, it does happen. Yes, it does happen. Look at poor John Devlin, what happened with him. We owe him an apology. We were given bad information on that. And that's something that council is talking about right now, just to make it good for Mr. Devlin's father. You know, a very strong man that loves his family. He could hit him with a bat and not hurt him. He's the yeah. strongest guy in the world. But we broke his heart Cause I was because thankful. we were given bad information about something. And the truth is in the facts on what's going on now. I always knew when it was all going down, and I was very vocal about it. Of course, everybody knows that here and in writing on our digital platform. I always knew that the truth would catch up with that. It's yeah. going and to. And if anybody gets mad, too bad. The truth is coming out. And the truth, you know, we were lied to about a lot of things, a whole lot of things. And it's wrong. It's wrong, Harry. Council President George Tibbet, this has been a remarkable two hours. And uh, I appreciate your honesty, your candor, and I've enjoyed this uh, discussion very much. And remember, much. vote yes to change the government is about you, you the people. Anybody telling you different is to self preservation to keep what they got thank you council vote President. yes is about you